Mr. Potterwaker, Mr. Mo Potterwaker. Mr. Potterwaker, Mr. Mo Potterwaker. The good times, the good times as you look back on the bad times of season 2022. Mm, indeed. We're going to sit here, get drunk at the Greygums Hotel, Mulgar Road, Penrith. Pontificate and, about how it all went wrong. And look back on what went wrong <laughs> for the bottom eight teams of season 2022. Two of them in particular. I have, yeah, yeah, I'm sure we'll spend quite a lot of time on two of them. I can't imagine why. But, you know, we'll talk about the team we talk about most all season anyway. Probably first, to be honest. Uh, and then we will look at all the other teams as well. But um, I don't even know how to open this show. What are we going to talk about? So I'm sorry. There's a bird hanging yeah, off the light there trying to day. hang itself. Do you reckon it supports the Tigers? Probably. <laughs> well, that's, that's not going to support me, is it, that branch? So the ghostly grays out the front. Anyway, everyone, it's Footy and Frothies. If it's your first time you've listened to the show, if you have me, one of those nice fellows who said hello and asked what the hell we're doing here on a Thursday <laughs> afternoon, and this is your first listening to us, hello. Hello. <laughs> we're going to talk rugby league. We're going to talk about the bottom eight teams. Go back and listen to another stuff. The other shows will be just as bad. But anyway, <laughs> there might be a you'll couple find better. us twice a week, every week, uh, review, preview, and after the, sh- after the season we do these sort of things and then make excuses to get out to have beers and put headphones on. Uh, so for the next few weeks, we're going to look at the bottom eight. We're going to look at the next, the eight through four next week, eight through five. Next week and grand final week, as well as we'll have a grand final preview, full, uh, I can say runner by runner, but player by player preview there. We'll also have a look back on the two crackers, which you've already previewed in the other show. Week after that, we've got a grand final review and then a top four discussion, just so we can talk about it in order as how they all get knocked out. Barney, um, your take on, I don't know, things. I know. Talks a bit. <laughs> Rugby league in general. Yeah, there was a couple of disappointing performances here. I think the majority of um, rugby league pundits would have got the, the ladder pretty close from 16 up until the top of the table. Um, I don't think there were way too many surprises. The Cowboys obviously were a massive surprise compared to um, where they finished last year to where what they're doing at the moment, still live and active in the competition. Uh, Manly was probably my biggest underperforming team of the year. Uh, realistically, from where they were the year before to where they've fallen to, considering you know a couple of injuries here and there, but they should have realistically been a lot better than what they were. Uh, we're going to have a look, break down team by team from 16 on the way up through the next couple of weeks. So where do we start? Well, let's get. I'll just get touch on Ollie's <laughs> thoughts as well. Welcome in, Oliver. Hello. Well, yeah, another year of rugby league, um, <laughs> full of all the, the the usual ups and downs, and the the changing of our opinions throughout the years, and the the winding and coming back and turning. It, it, it's been a wild ride, and of course, it's going to continue a little bit longer for those uh, four teams still left in the competition. But not I don't as know, much just, controversy just, this year as previous years. Well, last year, <laughs> um, in terms of what? Off-field rubbish? No, well, off the on-field rubbish no. was much yeah. worse. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of on-field rubbish. Yeah, g- good job rugby league for players for being very nice off mm. off the field. But just, I, I don't know about you guys, but just looking at my own predictions here, they're all sort of, I think I've had a couple of howlers, but most of them are probably around about. And I think we, we're all pretty much within the same realm for a lot of Predictions as well, so I'm at least one for it. I had, I think, just looking now, 
only had two teams that I tipped to make the eight that didn't make the eight. So uh, personally, I'm I'm quite okay with that. Only had one, which I was pretty impressed with. Well, I nearly only had one, which we'll get to, and it's <laughs> one that I've been very vocal about over the past few weeks, uh, quote unquote, shitting the bed. So and I hit we'll smack on them. with uh, quite a few teams. Um, and the majority of the rest of them were within one or two places of the ladder. So I think out of the 16, I, I went pretty close for the majority of them. So I'm so happy with that. I even brought my book with my notes from the pre-season talks that we had just in case we wanted to actually talk about it. But, uh, Did you take my well, notes? No, I, I no, couldn't I didn't find write down your notes. He's going to start doing that next year. He just gets a bit better every year. <laughs> <That's> pretty <laughs> soon it's just going to be Barney One day you're going to take notes, Oliver. Can you imagine? I did today, you silly goose. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll, uh, all right, we may as well get started, eh? Yeah, the wooden so, spoon, yeah. the West Tiger. So what we're going to look at is we're going to look at what, uh, what we sort of thought, what actually happened, what went wrong, some overperformers, underperformers from each team, how we won't necessarily go... Basically where they need how to How we improve. can fix it, yeah. uh, if we can. And, um, and what, you know, what the, fu- the immediate future may hold. Uh, we... <laughs> Are going to start. Well, we'll, we'll go team by team. When we'll throw in the predictions, but I, I, I I'll bag Newcastle. Newcastle. First of all, <laughs> let's bag the Tigers, who finished last. They did. You, actually, what stats have you got? Or am I just reading stats? No, no, I don't have stats. All right, uh, I'll let you guys talk first. So they had four wins for the season. Uh, they realistically lost. Uh, they. They had four wins for the season. They finished last on 10 points, Barn. You can go first. They should have probably won about eight games, realistically. Um, there was a few games there that they threw away, and there was one that they were absolutely dudded in, but we won't dwell on that. <laughs> well, no, I will. Now, fuck you, I'll talk anyway. Uh, <laughs> which we all knew was going to happen, so whatever. Hello. Uh, you didn't do it. The tale of this year is they lost five games that they were leading in the last five minutes. Uh, most of which was before Madge got fired. If they won three of those, Madge probably keeps his job. It was the most, it was, might have been the worst result, the worst response to a coach sacking we've ever seen because they went downhill after that. Um, they never, so if you look at that, they should, they could have beaten Melbourne round one. The Titans game, like, honestly. Panthers was. But they just needed Jackson Hastings, I think, for that game in particular. Yeah, that, that was where they, and they still probably should have won 2 0. Oh, whatever it was, 4 2, <laughs> whatever the fuck it was, 6 2. Uh, Panthers, they got beat by Fisher-Harris in the last minute. Uh, Cowboys, they got rorted. And the Dragons, well, they're dumb shits. And then you throw in the Warriors, Dragons, Newcastle games where they were, we, I think we all said they were the better teams and lost. So there's, you, you throw, well, you know, you throw eight wins in there, all of a sudden they're, uh, and I'm not saying by any means that they deserve to be because they did not, hence they lost all those games. But they were close enough. Uh, and Madge was probably getting more out of them than Kamali ever got because after that, the wheels fell off. I think their stats went from something like they, they were conceding 90% of their points on the edges and it went to 90% of the points through the middle, which is a tale of the back end of that year. You look at the um, the team that they filled in the last round, though. They were missing, uh, not to make excuses either, just it, it's a weird thing because they're the fucking Tigers and they suck, but <laughs> they were missing Bloor, Brooks, Guildhart, Hastings, Nofaluma, Roberts, Talao, Twal, Latukamanu. Uh, Rua Natukalaru, who was Little Cheese Junior, who we had a rap on at the start of the year, uh, amidst others, which I would have forgotten. And you throw them back in, it's a bit of a different team. 
The problem with the Tigers is I don't think they knew where they were heading. I don't think anyone necessarily – now they do. I think Sheens and Benji has a bit of an opinion. But um, they I felt like they just didn't know where they were heading for a long time. They didn't know whether Hastings should have been seven, which he should have. They didn't know what to do with Luke Brooks, who's the big whale in the bay when you come to this team. And they had an okay Ford pack that overperformed some games and didn't perform at all other games. So you said all together <laughs> – I don't know anything after Origin. I don't even consider because it was just trash. It was complete trash, and I don't, you know, they deserve the wooden spoon at the end of the day for, because that's what they served up. But it's like your kids, I suppose. You always think there's better in them. But <laughs> what um, what did someone else with um, two eyes think of this barn? Well, I had them finishing 13th at the start of the year. I thought that there was an upside in the halves with Dewey and Hastings, which never actually eventuated, which I have no fucking idea how they didn't put those two together as soon as it was available and just let them have a crack at it. And they never gave them a full run at it. I have no idea why it didn't happen. I expect them to finish in the bottom four, and they did even better than that. They (laughs) went and won the wooden spoon. Um, I mentioned the halves are an absolute issue. They let Leilua go. I know he spat the dummy and didn't really want to be there after he asked for a release, but they probably would have been better if they'd kept him there. (laughs) But what do you do? The front row struggled apart from um, uh, Tamu, who I thought did overperform in this team. Uh, Considering it's the twilight of his career, I thought he was quite good um, for a majority of the season. There's no answer there for them at the hooker at the moment, which is one of my biggest problems. Um, apart from Happy maybe that next year going forward, oh, yeah, but yeah. No, I'm during this season they yeah, didn't have an no. answer. The biggest answer they could find was Farnamon and Brown, who they put in there and did play quite well at times. And then they ended up moving him into 13, and he still did a job. So he may end up being someone that they plug in there at the, in the 14 position next year. All um, things being equal, what would Brooks at nine have done? Hastings. No. Seven, no. Dewey six. I, I don't like it. I, Brooks is a 14 realistic. He player. doesn't want to run the ball, yeah. which is his biggest issue, always has been. Um, he doesn't seem to enjoy contact. He doesn't seem to want any part of being in the physical collision. Um, so at that point, you're a six. And then even the best sixes still take the ball to the line and still commit themselves to being uh, in the physical uh, physical contest occasionally. Um that hasn't done it. Uh, I don't know where Brooks goes, to be honest. Uh, he probably should go over to England and win a man of steel like Brodie Croft because he's probably on that sort of level, to be honest. He's not an NRL player for mine, but that is what it is. Um, I think, they've, yeah, as I said, the front row struggled. The bench is poor. You'll find through pretty much every one of these bottom eight teams that we mentioned that the, the lack of depth in the forwards is a massive issue. And fitness is also a massive issue. I think the Tigers were close to one of the unfittest teams in the competition. Back end of t- back twenty minutes of every game, they they generally weren't the team coming well, home. Doesn't it speak for themselves when they lost five games in the last five minutes? They weren't the team coming yeah. home stronger than anyone else. Um, Stefano Ukutukmanu definitely underperformed. I know he had a lot of injuries and did not play a lot of game time, but when he was there, he was nothing like he was the bloke that was in the New South Wales development squad the year before. Um, Tamo definitely overperformed. Offahengawi was their best player by an absolute mile and absolutely overperformed, and he would be in mind to be the vice-captain of this team and a forward leader for the next couple of years, and they should just sign him up, lock him in, and just get him to teach the young blokes so that are coming through. So we should actually set a pattern. So let, let's 
we'll, we'll get through it all, but we'll go best player and an overperformer. You've you've touched on, um, but we'll have at the end we'll have a clear. Um, There's a shining light in young Pole that's coming through. Yep. Um, I thought he was tremendous in the games that he played when he came off the bench. Um, yeah, as I said, Stefano underperformed. Their biggest hope are the two signings that they've got coming in next year, and they probably need another four. They need a big man at the front that can play 60 minutes and a couple of depth players in their forwards. So, Oli, your, your, your take, your immediate take on the West Tigers. Well, it's horrible, to be honest. Like, it's one of the worst seasons in the, the NRL era, statistically at least, and I'll probably say based off of what we've seen on the field as well at some times. Here as well, obviously, they were close to lose some games. I had the Tigers 13th as well, which, looking back, I'm, at, I'm actually okay with because two of the teams I had below them also ended up in the bot bottom four this year. And to be honest, I don't think we're that much better than no. the Tigers overall. So I'm okay with that one there. I think it's still probably around. Um, I, I still sort of, I guess, in my head had them around where they sort of ended up in that sense there. Uh, Joe Offhangau, he was obviously their best player consistent in terms of consistent week in, week out performing. Like you, you could look at a guy like Jackson Hastings, who I think on probably two or three occasions in specific games had better performances. But again, it comes down to his injury suspension, suspension, et cetera. He wasn't able to get that sort of consistent run and build that consistent partnership we thought he was going to have with Adam Dewey as well, which I guess is also something that was impacted by Madge being released because it seemed like a Madge plan for Dewey and Hastings to be yeah, the halves. And when he left, they, they didn't pull the trigger on it quick enough. And by the time they did, there wasn't well, really enough happened. time. Hastings I think it was like a game. It was a game. Wasn't it a I'm game? I'm pretty sure it was a game, the game that it Hastings game. got yeah. busted. Yeah, but, but, well, there you go. I, I think as well that that that's sort of also a, um, a what if as well for the Tigers and something that they're going to have to revisit next year and probably going to have to go with from the outset next year, to be honest, Hastings and Dewey, I think. But again, it's they're good players as well. I noticed uh, players who were sort of on the periphery at the start of the year and sort of trying to make an impact. But that's the thing. You do want to have players in your squad on the periphery trying to make an impact and having good performances for you, but you don't necessarily want those players to be in your top five players consistently each week, which fair enough to them. But uh, I think it's, it's a reflection on the rest of the squad. Like, you, you, you're looking at an, an, an overperformer, I'd say, Farmanu Brown, definitely. We were expected nothing from him coming back from England and coming back from injury this year. I think he performed out of his skin. Um, and other players, like I'm talking about, maybe your Austin Diaz's and your, and, um, and Pole and, and that coming through um, as well. But in the end, they ended up some of the best players for the Tigers this year just because... There wasn't enough coming out from elsewhere. I thought Taumo had a really good season as well. Uh, probably the signing of the year, I guess you could say, though, for the Tigers was, um, well, you could say Brown, but also, um, uh, what's his name from Newcastle? It slipped my Stafford. mind. Stafford. Stafford as well. Yes. Um, obviously had a, yeah. a great season there too, and I, I thought Laurie was serviceable at times, but had a couple of like really bad games as well. Yeah, look, yeah, in terms of uh, overperformers, underperformers, I... I think Tama overperformed from like expression at him. I, th I would sign him for another year. I'll give him one more year and so give him a, a crack. No. And just, you know, you've got, you, they've got three mil to spend or something now because they've just let more people go. And I think there's more to come. There seems to be really strong mail that Brooks is going, which 
uh, which we'll see. Uh, I would give him one more year just to give you a prop, and then you can bring in. Look, we'll, we'll touch on this year, then we'll get to next year. Uh, I thought, yeah, from Stafford Tower came in as a like I rolled my eyes and thought, here we go, he's another one, and he overperformed massively. And I thought, uh, who else did I have here? Or Offhand Gower performed. I thought he, he played almost to origin standard. He was in a, in a team as bad as this. He was fantastic and he held his head up. I never extended him, so he's staying. So happy days. I think that's a, a great thing. Um, especially, he, didn't he come out of the fallout of the barbershop thing and whatever, the thing of Pengai and all that sort of stuff? And he went to Sydney and he's, I'm sure he's, hopefully he's happy and a young family and everything else. When we talk underperformers, I suppose, I suppose you have to say Luke Brooks. He's your seven. He's your ears, and he didn't perform. He had two good games, which we won against Power and Souths. And, uh, Off the uh, back of probably Jackson Hastings. You know, of, of being moved away from yeah. his job, yeah. And even in the back end, it was um, he was still kicking out in the full. It's still stuff that 180-game first grader shouldn't be doing. So that was ordinary. Um, Ollie, overs and unders. You've, you've touched them. You've touched yeah, them. we're good. And um, I guess lastly, before we wrap this up, we'll, we'll let's just touch on because we haven't really, and no recency bias because he's been away. Jackson Hastings, I think, as a Tigers fan, was a great signing. I think what he brought, I, I don't know the opinion people have of him because even when he broke his foot, he was in the crowd with fans. He, he t- says all the right things, he does the right things. He seems to be a very good corporate man from that point Clubman, of view yeah, and clubman. Uh, and we saw in Magic Round, I don't think any player tried harder at all Magic Round. When you see people in the flesh, he was one of the, I think the four we said, him, Reynolds, Carrigan, and uh, someone else. Uh, and if I was him, I would be signing him up and saying, yep, you're going to be our, if you're not our seven, because we're getting Mitch Moses, fine, but if not, you're our seven. And running with that at least for a bit, because that looks like the immediate future. Now, to next year, which we've put off, they've got, we don't want to go too far into next year. No, we're, we're going to previews, that, but very quick. No, just what hope is there? I, I think there's hope. The thing is, hope for improvement from Wooden Spoon. Uh, I can see him being something like the Dogs this year. Um, yeah. If they can get some pieces in there, and um, they need they need some points. Like realistically, they need some creative players that are going to provide either offloads or some or some sort of a, a, a passing game to be able to get because Castings can cover the kicking game um, if he. They haven't even signed him yet, which, yeah, which is still blows my fucking mind. Because someone will, know. and that's the thing. Someone will. Well, if you're going to choose between Brooks or Hastings, I know where I'm putting my money. I know I am too. Like, but, um, yeah, they they need, to, they need a roster overhaul. They're, half the team needs to be moved on, and then you need to bring another half the team in. But it, that goes back to the argument about depth in the competition, adding another team. Where are they all? Like, every team in this bottom eight, we're going to mention depths in forwards. Where are all these forwards that these we're teams all need? There's you know six I mean? good halfbacks in the comp. Yeah. And, and I actually, seven if you include Hastings. Yeah. I think he's he could, if he's not going to be here, he could be somewhere. So, look, people bag targets to throw money at, but they need a circuit breaker. They need, they're going to have three mil to spend because they're going to move more. On. I think November one's massive for them. But I think in their heads, they need to land a Munster or a Moses. But or even a if Moses comes into play seven, Hastings oh, should be playing 13. 100%. I agree yeah. with that. Or six. Yeah. And move Dewey out. Look, Dewey had enough center. time in the yeah. shop window again at 5'8", where he, he's fine, but he's not going to, he, he's not creative. He's got the big boot. He's a, he's a less fast, slightly less talented, 
bigger <laughs> Matt Burton is who he is. And that's he needs some an ally there. Appy is massive for him because he puts he, he puts creativity and time through the spine there if they have the right people around him and adds 50 tackles to the middle. Getting 12 back adds another 50, so you shore up your centre. And yeah. Hastings in there, all of a sudden your, your centre's looking much better with Hastings, twelve. And then you start um, looking to your bench rotation. And then you get Papalese. So you, yeah. people can – and the irony of all of it is, oh, Magic can't sign players. He went and signed the best hooker, arguably, in the comp. And the best, and the best back rower in the comp, in some of our opinions. People can argue. We can all Close argue enough. that. Close enough, yeah. But uh, – and Papi, I, I think he's at best 50-50 to even be there anyway, the way it looks. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, but – Appy's, I think, could be by the year next year, not in so much as getting us towards the top eight, but getting towards the top ten. Uh, you get Hastings fit and you shore up your defence and that's when you start looking towards, okay, can you Polay's offload? Can you... No. Twild, we know, doesn't have an offload. Um, they're losing to a Lungy, who does. And, and they've lost to a Chiano. He was 50 so best need, anyway. Yeah, so. so... Anyway, um, I, th- I think there's improvement, um, but a disappointing season. I would be looking to build around... Um, getting um, that, you know, Cheese Junior onto the bench there after Appy and then have Brown as your 15 and then and then a t- couple of big boppers. But um, any final words on the Tigers? Oh, well, there's a, a still a big hill to climb. I, I think, like, looking at Appy next year, what I would predict probably ends up happening is he becomes, like, a bit of a, when he's fit, a Jaden Braley for Newcastle. Like a, an absolute superstar for him at hooker, um, putting in the attack. effort in, in attack and, yeah. and everything. But it's not just him; it's around him as well, which mm. is similar to Bailey at Newcastle. I think that might hurt the Tigers next year. Still, it's a good step in the right direction, but it, there's obviously still a lot that's got to be done. Sean Blaw is a massive one for the Tigers. Um, hasn't been fit since he's left Penrith. We know he's got a. He's got an offload. Yeah, that one game he's where he smashed Nathan Brown. And game. He can tackle. Um, he's, he's a big... If he, they can get him in, get him fit, and play the majority of the season, he's a big in. Um, and Ste- if you get Stefano back to Stefano. Stefano back yeah. through the middle. Pole coming up as well. But they definitely need another couple of big bodies and some depth Look, in may, their maybe forward they need, Maybe they just need to go and get Nathan Brown. Yeah. Fucking oath. Why not? You know, he's going to run off the back fence. Um it's going to pretend to be the toughest man on the field for half the game, but <laughs> he gets in there and he does his work, which is what you want out of your forwards. Um, they've got a big fucking hill to climb, man. I I would be surprised if they go any further than 12th next year. So. You know, you probably take 12th into 8th year after, realistically, given the age thing. The Warriors, they're next. <laughs> what do you say about them? I, I can't help but feel good to spend less time on these. Yeah. Uh, the Warriors are next. Um Fifteenth uh, on the table. Um, just for the record, Tigers leading point scorer Adam Dewey only played eleven games, so that says something. Uh, Mamalu leading try scorer and leading run meters was Joffa. Leading tackles, leading Probably tackle Joffa bust was well. uh, Dane Laurie, seventy-two. Again, didn't get a lot of game time. Well, felt like less game time than he maybe got uh, through injury and the rest of it. And I suppose that's all we need to touch on the Warriors. Their leading try scorer for the year was Dallin with nine tries for the year. <laughs> leading try assist, Johnson, 14. And leading point scorer would have been Reese Walsh with 104. Their stats are actually worse than the Tigers. Yeah, he probably kicked 50 goals. And Fenua Blake led the run meters. Mm. 
Barn, what, what, what happened here? Well, I had them 14th. They finished 15th. It was pretty much exactly what I expected. Um, their massive issue is creative players. They have nobody in this side that is able to conjure points when they need them. Uh, they rely on uh, a second rower making a tackle bust or Johnson for a kick to the wing because he wasn't putting Blakes away with his passing game. Uh, I don't know how he got that many try assists, to be honest. Um, I'm, Some I'm grubbers and bombs, I'd say. I'm suggesting most of them were off the boot um, because he wasn't that involved in the passing game. Um, their pack was... I expected their pack to be the best part of their team, which it was, but they were still nowhere near as consistent as they need to be. They just fall away badly at the back end of games. Again, a fitness issue, a commitment issue. Um, their halves struggled massively. You now have Sean Johnson, who I'm pretty sure is retired or... I think the one year left, but we may as well retire. You got uh, Chanel's gone. Dejan Assi, who's a bit part player at best. Chanel's now gone. Um, They're getting Luke Metcalf, who might be able to provide something as a ball playing six. Um, I know he's got a bit of pace and he's a decent ball player, but they're going to need a lot more than that. Um, The biggest issue for this team is their defence all across the line. It's not just located in the centres, which is one of the hardest positions to defend. They were having tries put on them at will all over the field, through the middle of the field, on the edges, on the extreme edges, and it just happened game after game. They really need to find someone to instill some sort of um, defensive discipline into this team, and they need to defend one way or another. Half the time they're rushing off their line, half the time they're sliding. They don't know what they're doing in defence, and that just leads to points for the opposition time after time. Um, a lot of underperformers in this team, especially the outside backs. I just had a Nathan Brown. It was Brown, wasn't it? Yeah. He's now Parramatta. Yeah. A lot of underperformers, especially the outside backs. They did unearth a couple of um, young fellas coming through, but they were still 50-50 at best when they did come through. Um, and their halves struggled badly. I, I know, sure, I do not know how the fuck Sean Johnson got 17 tries. assists. It's got me completely fucked because he did not seem like he was in any game this year. Maybe two, the first two when they went back to New Zealand, but yeah. he didn't seem interested for the majority of the season. Um, Ollie, I'll just get your um, your summary before we get. He's going to bet just a touch <laughs> into his uh, best and worst. But uh, Ollie, your, your thoughts on the Warriors? Well, I also had the Warriors fourteenth, and I think I just remembered we either had sixteenth to twelfth, or I think sixteenth to tenth, even the exact same. So Pretty you're going to be hearing yeah. a lot of similarities from Barney and I here. Um, which, again, I'm fine with. It's one off of where I had them. And, again, they were still in that mesh with another team that we'll get to that I had in the Lose bottom four game, and, and the Tigers. Game. So yeah. um, I'm fine with that as well. But it's just – they're a bit of a nothing team. Like, there's just nothing going on. I would argue that overall, looking at some of their performances, they were worse than the Tigers. But again, you mentioned those close games that the Tigers lost. At least the Tigers were in some games where they lost. I mean, you talk they about the Warriors. They beat the Tigers twice, so you, yeah. you, you turn that around. It, it, it's exactly. A, yeah. It's a completely different story. Actually, the Warriors finished last if you turn that around, yeah. I'm pretty sure. So um, it, it just an, an abysmal season, just extremely leaky in defence, pedestrian in attack. Other than a couple of performances from Fords who probably shouldn't have to put in the efforts that they did, in your yeah, Adam Fanua Blakes, your Tohu Harris's and your Josh Curran's when he was there, there's just nothing else. There's nothing to write home about. They're, they're just sort of there. And I, I honestly think they're going to be worse off for it next year. 
Well, I actually don't see... Look, there's one hope that they don't run last next year. And I've gone forward a bit here, um, but I agree with what you said, so not dwelling on it too much. And that's Mount Smart. If they can win at home, if they can rebuild that, but then I don't know how they're going to... But they can't even beat the Titans at Mount Smart, so... that's And threw it away massively. <laughs> uh, look, overperformers, we'll get to that. Ewan Aitken, massive year. It was tremendous. Wade Egan was tremendous. Tor Harris is a f- complete freak, but he only played, what, six games or something? Egan was the only one that I had as an overperformer. I thought Wade Egan was fantastic. Um, consistently strong through the middle of the field. games. Anyway, okay. He missed the first 10, yeah, I think okay. it was. Yeah. Um, Tor, who you could say he's overperformed, no, but I don't you expect that out of him, so yeah. it's probably not overperformance. So finish on Wade Egan, sorry. I'll let you. Yeah, well, he was fantastic through the middle of the field. His running game, when they when they did give him that bit of time and space out of dummy half, he always seemed to pick the right time to run. His ball, his, um, his distribution out of dummy half was generally pretty good. It was never poor anyway. Um, and he tackled his ass off. He worked as hard as any player in this team, week in and week out. And to me, he was their best player for the, for the entire season. Just quickly, what you were saying about Mount Smart Stadium, my thoughts towards that for next year, I feel like within the next month of next year, it'll go back to being just another another stadium, yeah. to be honest. So their three leading tacklers, Aitken, Egan, Curran, doesn't surprise anyone, I would assume. Not at all. And Curran, to me, actually probably underperformed considering his yep. year and a half before, where he was a destructive ball runner as well, where he didn't have that kind of impact that he had. And it probably had something to do with him having to tackle his ass off to try and save the rest of them because they couldn't give a fuck. But Yeah. So let's look to next year. So we sort of all got the feeling there's not a lot of hope. They're, they're bringing in Barnett, um, who will start shut up a little bit. He's not really going to make 50 tackles, but he gives you a bit of mongrel. Metcalf going over there something, but what is he? I don't, I don't, you don't even know what he is? What is he? Touch footy player. Yeah, exactly. He's very similar to your Moylands and your Lockie Millers of the world. Nia Corey will help. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Tamari yeah. Martin will start at fullback, which will help. Uh, They'd probably be better off playing him in the halves, to be honest. Well, or does Walker start at fullback? Chans is going there. Mm. So yeah. does oh, Chans yeah. go start at fullback, and then yep. Walker and Martin in the halves, mm. and there's a reset. At least it's That's something. At least they can start from today and go, right, Tamari's playing six again, Walker's seven or vice versa. Well, they, need to, they need to turn over half their squad, to be honest. They need at least two or three consistent backs because some of those young fellas have put in a good performance and then go missing for three weeks. And same with their forwards. Um, the, you know, the, you're going to keep your Fanua Blakes and your Karens and your Torhu Harrises, but there's blokes in there that would would play one game of footy and then they wouldn't be seen for a month. Yeah. So you need to find your blokes like your Barnett. At least you know Barnett's going to make his... 30 tackles each week and he's going to take his 15 hit-ups and they probably need another two of them to go along with it. They they need a, a backup hooker, probably not a backup hooker, but a 14, someone that's going to add a well, bit Dylan of... Dylan Walker's not a bad one. Yeah, it, Dylan Walker in, as, in the 14, it's going to add a little bit of um, attacking spark coming off the bench. And then, yeah, and as I said, they, they need a couple of centres because I don't know what they Vailia had some flashes of bits and pieces here and there, but... Their outside backs were one of their worst um, parts of this team for the year. Yeah. Anything else on these guys? That I think they're nearly destined to. Somehow they finished fifteenth, but with a seventeenth team coming How in, I think they're they destined to... to go down at least a little bit. I think. Which is a bad thought, and I don't want to be a you know complete fucking naysayer. 
But if they run last for the next four years and can't sign anyone, like, how, what do they actually add to the comp in a comp where you're struggling to field teams? Just those three that you mentioned in Chance, Barnett, and they're um, actually they're good. Change, Metcalf actually. actually do add something there, and they may be a little bit better on the on the attacking side of the football, but they're still going to have their issues in defence. Neil Corey's a you know underrated nice player. I'll, I'll you know you'd like him. You might even put him in the centres really to fix this he team. Can, but he can do both. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. this, this is the thing actually I noticed doing this stuff is that the unfortunate thing is. These clubs struggle to find players, so all that ends up happening is I don't want to play that. The bottom eights mm. swap plays like they're not going to solve yeah. things unless you give me heaps of money. I'm not, not going yeah, there. like yeah. you need circuit breakers or you need to really go out and have a crack at someone. Yeah, you to need to it. get like a generational half to come into your yeah. team and change it, or a generational fullback. We've, we've heard, we've heard. Or you need Aiden to bring O'Brien, in a whole pack. Uh, right. Adam O'Brien talk about how oh, if only we had Brooks. Like, like how well you <laughs> in life if you if only had Brooks. And the Dragons have signed Simkin. You've got two blokes that shouldn't be in a team that ran last. Let's talk about hope. Adam's team, shall let's we? Let's get to it because, hey. Oh. <laughs> Actually, better yet, let's have a piss. Let's get to the Newcastle Knights. And this is the baffling one for me because I had them, I think I've either had them 14th, 15th or 16th. I get them 15th. You had them last, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I probably did. And then the media could not believe how bad they were. Like, how, how do these people, <laughs> like all year I heard how they were just... What was going to happen differently to this team? I, I am completely baffled Well, they by won it. the first two games and they were going to win the comp. Yeah, on the back of two blokes who then became Newcastle players. <laughs> uh, so, like, what they have no... They have actually no halves. They have a, full, a fullback on one point, whatever he's on. That uh, Who will be playing in the halves next who year. Who will be playing in the halves. But, like, we saw him at Magic Round had no interest in actually being involved for a lot of that game. They have... Uh, and they have... Their best prop um, wants to punch their coach's head in. Allegedly, allegedly, and then the two other best Fords are uh, sort of dropped off completely this year, and that was the end of them. Uh, what what upside is there to this Newcastle team, and and why am I so wrong in thinking that they were shit from the start, Ollie? Well, you're not wrong. I think that's right. Well, thank you. As, Let's move on. <laughs> as, I'm, as I'm sure Barney would have had as well, because as, as we said, we pretty much had the same picks for a while. But I had Newcastle fifteenth. And again, they ended up 14. Forget it. it's the same thing as that Tigers and, and Warriors thing. They've all just sort of ended up in that same little schmozzle. But what, they will. Did, they, I'm more confident in them Brad getting worse Fittler next year. Brad Fittler's seen this team that we didn't. I don't know. Well, that's the thing in the media. A lot of people were tipping them to finish seventh or eighth. Yeah, all as I hear well. is that it's, they should have finished sixth. Like who was going to who yeah. was going to get them to six? I don't know if it's re- recency bias because they've made the last three final series before that or whatever. It, it's sort of sort of picking and sticking with them or someone has seen something in Adam O'Brien other than he likes to yell at people and remind them that he won a premiership with Melbourne as an assistant in 2017. But, that, yeah, that, that they've got absolutely nothing going for them. Actually, off the top of my head, I and that might come back to bite me, I can't think of a single signing for next year. Like... Oh, Bevan French. They've signed Bevan French, they've signed hey, it's Bevan French hey, it's, for next it, year. You know what? That's something. It, it's hey. something. And he I, could, I think everyone, you know, yeah. like Hayes, everyone deserves another chance. Yeah, to, at that 100%. age, he gets to come back and have a crap. But again, it's probably, it, it, he's going to have some pressure on him because it's not under the best situation. Their best half from this year is going to the Dolphins as well. Anthony Milford was their best he half, was, and he he's leaving the club. Yep. Um, but again, that, that's more and next without year. Without Anthony Milford, yeah. they probably would have won the spoon. Realistically, because yeah. yeah, he, he won he up carried two him or three a couple games of games, when he came yeah. In. yeah, gave him some sort of shape, exactly. And, and, and I guess that's how you could sort of sum up Newcastle. It was very close. 
I'd say overall as well, looking at some games, they were worse than the Tigers overall. If you well, want to look at the, the game you put them on par is, I think, what was it, 12, 12 nil or 12 6 they beat the Tigers? And no one did anything except I think both their wingers scored. Both the Newcastle wingers made breaks and scored. And then Tigers Naden scored, and the rest of well, nothing happened for the, like the other sixty-eight minutes of the game. It was just disgusting. One of the two games that Newcastle won at the start of the year, when everyone was freaking them to win the comp, was against the Tigers. I mean, like, yeah, but so, so again, the uh, two wins are against the Tigers. Yeah, it's again, it, it baffles me that they are going to get worse next year. Their best performer was David Clemmer, um, even, was. even with the back half of the season, whatever happened there. Uh, you'd have to say the over. Performer though, I'd say probably Dominic Young. Um, I'd say both on, wingers on the wing. Well, well, yeah, yeah, both wing, wingers. But I, I feel like you, you expect probably even less from sorry, from, from your, Young. Your sorry. Um, sorry. So I'd say if you had to pick one over performer, I'd, I'd pick Young out of the two. But Edric Lee was obviously very good as well. Uh, Brayley when he was there as well, I mentioned him before. Uh, he was great, I thought. But the the picking started to get very slim from there on out. I mean, you had Frizzell who sort of dropped off towards the end of the year. You had Dane Gagai, who looked like the Australian centre for the, the first two weeks there. and then He, he might still be the way they're going. But well, yeah, but then he completely dropped off as well. And for a guy who used to be a really good defensive centre. 93 missed tackles this year, well, Dane yeah, Gagai. A former wow. good defensive centre. and what was he ever there? Rep players. Well, again, centres, it's comparative. You've got to keep it. In the mind of we're talking about as one of the here. best defensive centres going around there for a good yeah. part of his career. Um, just a quick overview. I just wanted to go back because I had them 15th as well. They ran, they run 14th. This was my summary at the start of the year. Very quickly was I can see a tough year ahead for the Knights. Could realistically be one or eight from nine games. Uh, Brayley injury, massive concern. No proven halves. Ponga's going to have to do all the attack. He'll get targeted, and a decent forward pack means they probably won't get consistently flogged, but will struggle to win a game. And, and, and that forward pack was probably <laughs> even a bit worse than what you even would have estimated, so that didn't help. <laughs> so, um, yeah, there was no creative spark. Uh, their forwards were in and out of matches, way too inconsistent. I, Lee and I Young... Don't, I, I don't know this for sure. Sorry, I'm, I'm just looking through the stats. Edric Lee and Dom Young were the two equal leading point scorers on 56 points. I couldn't imagine any other team in a comp whose goal kickers were not... In the, in the, the stats. The, the leading point yeah, scorer. Absolutely. Ponga... Forty points a year. Yeah. Anyway, go. Their way, their forwards are way too inconsistently, and Young overperformed massively. Ponga, best gay guy, were their biggest letdowns for the year, realistically, um, and their halves. Clemmer was their best player. Braley was decent when he came back after his injury. They need a whole new defensive structure again. They're another one of those teams that don't seem to know how they're defending once the ball gets outside of the forwards. So what, what is their defensive structure? <laughs> <laughs> just try to grab somebody. Yeah, <laughs> they don't slide. They don't. Uh, generally, their wingers stay on their wings, but then the centers start jamming. The, the the halves take the inside man. And, and how many just... blokes against Newcastle walk over untouched near the posts? Absolutely. Um, they need a whole new defensive structure and two or three more points in attack. And good luck finding that in what what's left out there. Another former is Jake Jake Clifford, Oliver's um, favourite player. Who went up there and was Dalian favourite after <laughs> three rounds, and uh, now can't even make the first. He's now unemployable. He'll be he'll be the next Brody Croft. They may as well go get Brody. To be honest, some NRL team Swap should realistically him. go and get Brody Croft. They'll be better off with him. He, he probably has 
improved as well. Due you know, to he would have because so he's gone over there, again, played uh, eyes least, up footy because yeah. you do that in the UK. At least better and than uh, come back here a and you can be. You can be a better half. At least he'll be confident gigs. for a couple of weeks. Clune, Clune, <laughs> Clune's been on display from an average dragon to an average um, knight. Yeah. Knight. I'm sure they're all very nice blokes. I don't mean they need some ball playing back rowers. Uh, they need a whole. I, I don't see how they don't run 15th or 16th <laughs> next year. I actually don't well, see no 16th upside. or 17th. Do you mean? A seven. Yeah, they yeah, need a whole just, set yeah. of whole new set of halves. Half a front row. <laughs> Well, it, 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 like at, at the moment, so it, it's pretty obvious Kalen Ponga will be playing in the halves next year out of Clune or Clifford because those Adam are the Elliot only will two. Help massively. Yeah. They've got and let's Tyson just say down. the Sire yeah. Feedy boys have yeah. underperformed yeah. massively. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if one or two of both of them are out of there at some point, but Hetherington's going there. Um, he'll certainly be there. Um, <laughs> Elliot's a big in, but when, he goes in, when, when Adam Elliott goes in that system, I can't imagine him... Leading them out better, of, yeah. to the promised land. He'll do the hard work and the grind through the middle, but he's not going to add. Like his ball playing this year at Canberra was nowhere near as what it was before when he was a bulldog. So, do we? Does the the Newcastle officials, according to the media, seem to think Luke Brooks is going there? So that'll be interesting. Will he help? I'm dubious. Yes. No. Do you have anything to say? Oh, how, how, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're going to be in our wooden spoon chat next year. They're relying on Braley and they need to find a first-class halfback. If you're going purely off paper at the moment, Newcastle have to be odds-on to win the wooden spoon. Pure, purely off paper, taking everything yeah. else out, they, they would have to be I wooden spoon favourites. And, and Warriors are $4. Let's get on to the Titans because we're going to spend some time there, I would imagine. Well, get to it. So the Titans, <laughs> see, here's the thing. I feel like I moaned and bitched and was depressed no, actually, about them throughout the season. I actually think we do need to spend time here because this was the it, this was the underperformer of the season. I agree, and I think that's been pretty much unanimous, everything I've seen in terms of where people had them. I had them ninth, so I still had them missing the top eight, although I said they could finish. I remember saying they could finish anywhere between seventh and tenth, and they end up finishing 13th, although... Based off of the season, 13th ended up being a, a good finish for them because they were in a, a wooden were. spoon battle yeah. with the Tigers for half the year and they were coming last for, for half of that. So in that context, it, it they, it's actually been a, a really good season. If only the Bulldogs had lost to Manly and they somehow would have f- finished outside of the bottom four, that would have been hilarious. But <laughs> look, a good end to the season, but it's similar to what happened in, in, in 2020 and 21 as well. The, the Titans just seem to have a, string a few wins together right at the end when when it's too late, bar 2021 when it actually meant something and they made the finals, but it, it was too little too late. There are certain players. I, I thought Mo Fodawaka was still good, just not that same level as in past seasons. Tino was a clear standout. Other than that, Bo Firma and Brimson was at least putting in that consistent effort each week. I feel like he was hampered at times by the chopping and changing and sort of who he was playing in and around I with. I thought he definitely overperformed. I thought he was fantastic Who's when that? he was good, AJ yep. Brimson. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think I said as well, whenever the Titans actually won a game, while he wasn't their best player all year, when they won a game, he was the man of the match. It was when Close he sort of to took yeah. control and just absolutely dominated a game himself, and that's when the Titans were winning. So... Well, he was playing full-back, and then he was yeah, playing 5-8, the and then he was, he was injured. Right, so, Brian, yeah, well, your, your quick thoughts on the Titans, and then I'll get both of your thoughts on on what Holbrook's actually bringing to the table here. The biggest problem with the Titans was their inconsistency out of their forward pack. Um, there was three blokes there uh, in your firm or 
uh, Tino that were good, or two blokes that were good every week, and the rest of them barely existed, and they were below par majority of the time that they were on the field, realistically. Um, the halves didn't stand up. Sexton, who we thought would be decent, was, ended up getting punted out of the team altogether and um, definitely underperformed for them. Uh, Future man of steel. Like, Eng- England's his hope now. Like, well, your... I feel like... Uh... Newcastle might take him. No, if he had a a halfback with him, maybe, I don't know, Jamal Fogarty or someone. And this then is the problem with the comp is right. that there's not... Uh, I thought Aaron Clark was really good. Yeah, um, once, once he made that back like the the just burrows through my <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> I thought Aaron Clark was um, yep. a, definitely a standout and a, an overperformer in this team. They need a hooker, and I don't think Aaron Clark's the answer. Obviously, you've got um, old mate coming up there next year, which is a... Who's old mate? Verrills. Verrills, that's him, Sam Verrills, who will provide some um, really good ball distribution out of dummy half. But, um, yeah, they they need some depth in their forward pack, especially off coming off the bench because once their bench forwards came off, they were a completely different team. And, um, fuck, they need some wingers and centres in this team. They yeah. were the worst defensive team in the centres and wings Week in, week out. Yeah. And, and that's not changed they're, they're, over the past three yeah, years or they're, so. They're, yeah. they're, uh, their edges are disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. And has been the case all the way through. Uh, ironically, though, Greg Marzu, third in the whole comp for line breaks. Yeah. Our tackle bus, sorry. And we were wondering why, why the hell why he got taken there. out like, of the yeah, team there to for be a, five or six weeks or whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. It, so it, was it was similar with Jaden Campbell as well because I know he was injured for a bit there, but when he came back, they kept him in reserve grade for like a solid four weeks. Yeah. So I just, so as, as one of the players they were they were backing and like moved players the, around to accommodate. I just and, and he was great when he played. Maybe he the, was a bit of an overperformer with our the, little comparative game. The coach is a super potato. The bloke is fucking got no idea what he's doing. He is now my new Trent Barrett, and I will be backing him to be the first one sacked next year. And he'll get sacked, and this team will start putting thirty points on play um, because they'll take the shackles off AJ. They, they do need a half, which they're, you know, they've sort of got now. They're going to back yeah. Tanner Boyd, it looks like. Uh, and, and you get Campbell. and Where it, does Campbell play, though? Because Brimson's got to be the fullback if Tanner Boyd and Kieran Foran are going to be your halves. Well, this is a question. That'll be uh, AJ and it'll it'll be AJ, AJ and, and Foran. And Foran. And, and Verrill's given him nice service. And Boyd adding will some be starch 14. to the middle. Uh, Aaron Clark on the bench is, is, is fine. It's okay. You, but... You, I, I look at this and I go... Campbell ha- can't play anywhere else unless you play him at six. That's true. So either oh, six or one. You can't well, defend probably the front line. You can play him in the front line. His old man was a speed bump for his entire career. Yeah, so. maybe just deal with it. Maybe, okay, that is what it is. And that could be exciting. You know, you talk about Lockie Millers of the world, maybe it's exciting. But there needs to be some cohesion with those two. And if they're going to... If they're going to... There needs to be a come to Jesus mid here and they go, okay... We're going to back one or both of you. If we're backing both of you, we're going to accept you're going to get run over in the front line. Uh, and we're going to play the double, maybe play the, like some teams are starting to do, um, East even starting to do it, have the, the double the double 5-8 sort of thing going on. Verrill's service will be much better. And Foran crawling the shots. But Foran is a running half as well. So and He's gone. Yeah. Well, he's, he's he last was very. This was a, he won't yeah, play yeah. anymore. But this than was one a very year, good. You wouldn't imagine. And he's gonna. Yeah, but good on him getting a nice retirement and seven fifty out of him, whatever. But he, there's not a kicking game, is there? No. That's the thing between all three, and even Tanner Boyd, is okay. 
concerns, but Canberra they should be better. a decent bomb. So, so, so to bring that all back to Holbrook, how you did not look at this team at the start of year like we all did, I think we all tipped them to make the eight. I had them ninth. I tipped them to make, I think I've had them eighth. Yeah. How you did not look at this team and go, right, we're going to start Mo and uh, Mo and Liu and then have Fafida and Tina Hotlock and just go, right, we're just going to bulldoze Bo teams. And, but, and from, like, hey, just did not do that. I don't know how they had them off the field at different times. You play to your strength, and that should have been where they played. They didn't. I think. Then they showed last week there's points in them, but I, I think. I, the concern is I think Holbrook's going to do enough to keep his job for a little bit longer. But they, um, but he's, he's next on the table, so maybe not. I don't know how, I don't know how they're going. Adams going first. Yeah. Newcastle yeah. or Titans, I would imagine, yeah. be the first so coach. Big, big six weeks right. for the start of the year. Mo was underwhelming. Talk about underwhelmers. I think he was off the back he of was. last year. We uh, literally opened this show with a song about the bloke <laughs> um, <laughs> and had the the daggy, the daggy M's are half named after him at some point. But <laughs> isn't he falling off a cliff? Um, not necessarily through his own fault because the back end of the year is good again. But Sexton was the biggest brings. one. I, I honestly thought he would stamp himself as a regular first grade halfback. At the well, by the time we're talking now, I thought I didn't think expect him to be in the top six or seven, but I expected him to be one of the better average halfbacks running around. And I, yeah, I don't know if he lost confidence in himself, whether the coach brought that on him as well. There were some games where his kicking game was immaculate, and there was a lot of games where his kicking game was horrible. Uh, his running game was pretty much non-existent most of the time when he was um, there. So confidence shines through in your goal kicking. He went from a ninety percent kicker to not. Mm. And then again, he played like side, six games. So maybe, year. maybe there needs to be a, a a trade with with the UK and just send him over there to get his get you know six foot tall and bulletproof and get uh, Brodie Croft back for a year. Well, maybe after making the top eight last year, the. Titans uh, coaching staff there instead of, I don't know, picking and changing the team and ta- releasing plays that you need, etc. should have gone, oh, ma- maybe we should actually build on this instead of, like, let's see, this is a reset and go from there. Well, a, a mini reset because... Well, now they've got a yeah. major reset on their hands yeah. now. So. Yeah, be- because of it, but it's just... All right, the, 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 the elephant yeah. in the room, David Fafita. Mm-hmm. What do you bring to the table this year? Good towards the back end of the year. Better than last year, I think. Well, he was sort of different because it wasn't as much barging over the top of people and making 50 metres in a single run and more defence, I think. So he ended up being a fine player, of course, obviously not up to scratch based off of his his, uh, price tag, but wasn't a, a flop or anything during that second half of the season. He was okay. Still not the best. Forward for the Titans in a single game any week, I, I don't think. But um, well, 2023, he's now playing you for a contract. Balance, he, so he, he'll be a freak next year. He'll be amazing. You talk about balance, like you said, he he, he was fine most weeks, but last year he had the blowaway games, yeah. the, and he didn't have the the South game, the South game. He had it? one or two this year, I think, but there wasn't many. He still gets um, his somehow 40 points a run and that sort of thing, but. I didn't but towards the back like end this, of yeah. the year, he started to put his nose to the grindstone a little bit and he was making 30 tackles most games towards the back end of the year, which is what you need your million-dollar second rower to do. And then he also has to do that 
attacking stuff on the top of it. Bo Filmer was their standout. I thought he was their best player, apart from Tino, for the majority of the season. Tino is Tino. I don't think it matters what team you put him in, what structure you put around him. I think he's going to give you that performance week in and week out. And Tino was actually, I think you underplayed Tino was incredible. The games that he was on, he was on massive metres, tried his ass off. Cried in press conference. You can see it means something. And even when he wasn't on, he was as good as 70% of the competition. Yeah. Like, he was, yeah. he was still He's someone, in. and he really no. we, we, we'll get to the end of the list and actually have a chat about that. But he, um, yeah, he, he was actually phenomenal at times this year in a, in a lone hand. And Bo, for me, for yeah. more to me, even looks like someone that could play that six role or the 13 role. A uh, little bit of kicking, a little bit of ball playing. There's a little bit something extra about him, the way he moves. He does have a short pass. He's got a short kick as well, and he could be shoehorned into a 13 or a six and create a bit of creative spark that some of the players around him don't have. I've so. always thought that in terms of those sort of back rowers, um, and actually had a thought. Who was I thinking? We might get to him soon. Um, when Wade Graham was good, yeah, six but years like ago. you have those players that you can actually put back into the. If you if you don't have a creative half, put a, a back Big row. Big body there. in the back row. And just then hurt people and maybe can bust. A Felitti Matteo type. I was thinking, yeah, yeah, for some reason, absolutely. I was thinking about fucking Felitti the other day, mm. comparing him to a bit to some of the 5'8s in the college. Actually, I was he thinking had about, some tremendous skills. I was You're actually probably thinking, thinking about, about in terms of. No, but I was thinking about in terms of the Sharks mm. um, and leading into what, what sort of 5'8 they could use. Mm. And as, mm. I think I was thinking in that to. Because I was like, I don't want to talk about yeah, Dewey again. Absolutely but like a Felitti, yeah. an offload, a tall, big bloke that can play back row. But um, you just want something that's going to create something out of nowhere and you, and you have a little bloke sniff around, which admittedly the Sharks don't really have. But um, maybe that could work with Bo. But Bo's going, isn't he? He's... Bo? No, Bo's, Bo's re 2026. Sorry, let me have a look here. Let's update this. But to me, I think he'd probably be a really good 13. He could play on both sides of the footy. He's got... Decent footwork, decent speed. Um, he can bump a player off. He's got a good short ball and a decent grubber as well. So, but. He's great. He actually calls points through his grubbers, actually. Yeah. Uh, Azarko going, Masters. Pro- yeah, no, no, you're not missing anyone there. Jared Wallace going <laughs> to the Dolphins. Verrills and Foreign, very good ins. Um, Ollie, what, what, what hope have you got for next year? I think the ceiling is probably 11th, if we're being honest. I would expect a, a 12th or 13th. And I'll, I'll, I'd say probably their their ceiling at the bottom is probably 14th, though, just because, thank God, the Warriors and Knights exist. There's a lot of it's all ifs and buts about it. And yeah. You want to see their lineup that they put out for the first round of next year, but I can't see them doing much apart from what they've I, done this year. I don't see... Well, they lost... Wolf, Wolf was the one in the radar, wasn't he? And now he's going to Dolphins. Christian, I don't think for the, for the Titans... It, no, he was, Mate, he was Warriors, talked about. Wa- wa- Warriors no, he, he was, I thought he was a talked about the Titans and then Dolphins snapping him up to no, I, I, basically have the Benji role. No, anyway. I, I, Enough the, of this yeah. rubbish. The Bulldogs. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the Bulldogs. The Bulldogs. <laughs> I had them finish in 12th. They finished 12th. As did I. <laughs> Where did I have them? Yeah, probably 12th. around the same spot. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Oh, exactly what I expected. They were a lot better in attack when they were allowed to be. Once Trent was moved on, um, <laughs> okay. I don't think I don't think we nailed any team better than than the this. Dogs, yeah. And also, we talk about media. This was the other baffling one. Everyone thought they're top eight now. Yeah. Them and the Knights <laughs> yeah, were just like, finals you, and, yeah. you don't. You just don't. No teams don't yeah. do it. No. Anyway, go. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> a lot better in attack when they're allowed to play with the ball. Biggest underperformers. 
Dufty is he's probably the biggest underperformer of the entire fucking Man of Steel next season. year. Galaxy. Yeah. Man of Steel. <laughs> Seriously. Man of Steel. Um, and you can throw Luke Thompson in there. I know he had a lot of injuries and there was some issues outside of um, rugby league with his mother and stuff like that. But um, he his performances, considering what he put up the year before, were much, much lower than what they were. Remember the second half of last year when he was literally carrying them? Yeah, we, We'd make jokes every week about just how Did sore he actually play, he played one game in the second half, didn't he? And he came back for one game. Two games, yeah, something like that. Tavita Pango Jr., while he had a couple of good games here and there, I've still got him down as an underperformer. Yeah, for what you'd um, expect. From what you'd expect, the money that he had, the games that he plays, and he plays like a superstar, and you go, holy fuck, Tavita's back. And then eight weeks later, he hasn't played a half-decent game it's of such football a, such for a shame. eight weeks. Yeah, after he's 2021 as well, which was, Mate, which was great. Me, like, next year, he could be the best player in the fucking comp. Yeah. Like, but... <laughs> he was definitely an underperformer this year. Hey, look, um, he, I guess he's got a connection with Seraldo, so mm. you know we'll see if he can if he can whisper his way into getting the best out of TV. There was a couple of overperformers in this squad, and Avarillo was one of them. He was massive when once moved back to fullback. He was dynamic at times. Um, the way that he was chime into the back line and some of the footwork that he put on different players. From being someone that we had no idea where he should be playing, I still think he's a centre. Um, He's probably still a little bit small to be a centre, but I think centre's probably his most... Um, the position he can contribute most to a side, um, consider as long as you give him some support on his inside and outside. But um, Jeremy Marshall King was fucking fantastic for this team. I'd, I've never rated Jeremy Marshall King as a footballer, as a first grader. Nice. Always had him as a fringe player. But what he did this year, he's rubber stamped himself as a first grade. This was hooker. a breakout, absolute he was breakout fucking year. brilliant. And Tackled what a signing for the Dolphins! Like ball now, playing yeah. in and out and running around dummy half, dummy half causing chaos. He was fantastic. Max King went from a relative nobody that and nobody had any idea who he was to being a very very strong performer in the front row. And Karaz again, a nobody that. Um, had a couple of flashes of brilliance. Uh, he well and truly overperformed for his debut year. And I thought Paul Vaughan actually overperformed from what he produced from... I know he was decent at the Dragons last year, but I think he was even better this year for the Bulldogs. Bit unheralded, uh, just does his work and nobody really noticed him, but I thought he was fantastic for the majority of the year for the Dogs. Well, I love the entertainment aspect of Burton and Adokar. You want to talk about putting on a show and, and entertaining like we did... Um, in the review show of Latrell, well, these guys pretty much live in body yet, and it's great, and it's great to see the how they've cultivated the, the Bulldogs fans, and hopefully they, they go through that rise with them. But you could tell those blokes are sort of... I know there's a rumor, there was the rumours that Burton might have been wanting to, to leave, etc. I, I, don't, I don't see that just watching him play. That There is no inkling whatsoever that he wants to leave of anything. He, he seems no. quite content and happy Apparently there. they've tabled um, for three years, four meals, so they've... Oh, four years, three mil. Wasn't he contracted so, until the end of 24 yeah, anyway? So, so it'd be so a fair... Tabled to him, I guess it would take a monster. It'd be a big extension. Yeah. We're yeah. trying to chain him up and put him in the dungeon. <laughs> Which is fine because... Yeah. But um, it, as, long, hey, as long as he can keep up his king game, then the Bulldogs are going to... Well, I bet they're going to ruffle feathers at, at least and they're, they're good. But you know, I, they can I, I win him a couple games. to the Bulldogs' game because... Yes, he's got the big boot, but... 
I've seen a lot of Bulldogs games this year. He just boots it. Yeah. Like I don't know what his plan is. He just goes a- against, to against your worst kick teams, it to the moon. And the chip to Adokar, but that comes back down to the fullback as well. And Flanagan has not painted yeah. himself in any sort of glory. And if they could even get someone like um, who was the Canberra halfback that we were talking yeah, about, yeah, Frawley, um, Frawley. Frawley or something. Chuck yeah, him yeah, in yeah. there as a kicking I game. I think he was originally from defensive. the Bulldogs. You know? No, my point. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not knocking Burton, and I've. But and he's strong and he's fast and but yeah. like a lot of times he boots with with hope and that's it. There's not yeah much yeah hope. absolutely yeah. I, I'm more saying that they like the, against the, the but the, he doesn't have those teams. It, it can be a, a, yeah. To my they point, need he, someone like he, a Flanagan. He, he's who not a good it, kicker like a Nathan Cleary, yeah. right? He can't kick a team to death. But you put up some of those balls against your worst teams, that they can be game changers and yeah, and difference makers. And I think that's a, something like that's at least going to do enough to keep him above those bottom few teams for the next couple of years. Um, realistically, they do still need a halfback. Matt Burton is not a halfback until they get a halfback. I don't really see them pushing too far into the competition. Maybe it may be a 7th or 8th at best next year, but I think that's something they certainly still need to work out. The Fords, as you said, the Fords I think, were pretty good o- overall. Again, those couple of plays, if you get a bit more out of Pangai Jr. next year especially, that, that can change everything. With, with your Kings um, still putting in those consistent performances and Luke Thompson's obviously a bit up in the air, but if he plays like he did in 2021, then it's a, a vicious forward pack that pretty much changes everything. I thought Fatala Mariner was pretty good as well um, after Limited they resigned time, him. But yeah, yeah, but he... He, was he provided a bit of a service yeah, there as well. So I thought that the Fords were fine and actually can step up next season. Um, and, and the backs as well. It's just going to be interesting to see with the backs because your Carrazes and your Avarillos are still so young in their career. Shoot. And, try, shoot, and yeah. they're still trying to find their feet in exactly where they fit in. It, it, it's just going to be interesting to see next year when they actually find where they fit in, how they a lot how of, effective um, they are. Yeah, those centers run a, a lot of Yaseb Chris's and Tamaki, yeah. like they can kick on. Well, they can just be yeah. the same. Yeah. And I, I think Carraz has got upside. I think he's fast. He's strong. Shoop did a great job defensively on a lot Carraz of the Carraz is a winger, I think. <laughs> I, I think, think so. the dogs definitely need an attacking strike weapon in their centres. Yeah. Someone that they can just go, all right, give him the ball. He'll bust the tackle and then he'll give it to... He'll give it to... Um, <laughs> he'll give it to... <laughs> Bye bye, Barney's. Uh, we know what finally makes Barney <laughs> lose it. Yeah. Bye bye. They'll give it to the really fast winger that can run down the sideline and score points. Yeah, I think they need a strike winger. They need a halfback, and um, they probably, uh, as I mentioned, with every other team in the bottom eight, they need depth in the bench. Yeah, they need some consistent forward rotation, which a lot of these teams didn't have, which was a downfall for them. Yeah. This is such a just looking through straight team stats of these bottom six teams, and we talk about Dolphins coming in. There is so much like a depth, and it and it's going to get worse. And it's the, the standard of the competition is actually going to fall away as a result. But just look at this. Even just kick, simple thing as kicking meters. Burton, ten thousand two hundred and forty meters. The next best is Flanagan, one thousand five seventy. And then Marshall King, three hundred meters. It's like uh, I know it's not. A, it actually is a big thing because it just shows there's one point of attack. It's a Nico Heinz syndrome, and he's not quite in as good a team. Look, I think there's upside here. Reed Marnie's big. Uh, Reed Marnie's a massive hope. Mass. He, he's a he he's, has been fantastic. We haven't even talked about him in our reviews, really, but he's been fantastic in the last six weeks. He's been so good. He's and and 
His ability to just pick a 40-20 here and there is going to help. His service is as good as anyone. Yeah. The ball off the ground straight onto the, the halfback's chest is as good as anyone that yeah. you're going to see. He's, um, he's such a big in and kick out. So you now you're going to have offloads. You're going to have a bit more second phase around him for those blokes. It's going to start busting him open. I think, look, I, I, I th- again, not going crazy because you don't jump 10 spots, but I think they're, they're a, re- a genuine chance of a, a 7 or 8 if they I think get they, shit together. Uh, well, again, I, I'll tell you that well, you could probably their ceiling. Well, you could put down yeah. as a strike centre, realistically, because that's, yeah, Jay, that's right. basically that's what, what he does is he bust tackles out wide and, and, look, and pops who balls and, for Sut- and Sutton's going there, who's, who will probably end up making his 17 um, and add something. I, I thought he, Sutton's been good. For Canberra, like he's not been like up with your your Papalis and your Tarpanis and etc. But he, he's but he was the year been, before, yeah. and he's been given a lot less game time this year. I don't know if that's a clash with the coach or what it is, but he, he'd definitely be a pickup for him. Yeah. And you get uh, Fatala Mariner back for the season, yep. a full preseason out of him. So I I think there's I think they're almost the biggest upswing team of, of this bottom eight. Manly, no mm. oh, final words. Anything you want to say? No, Manly. Just, I'll just bulldoze through. Just tell me if I need to stop. Manly, uh, would they have nine wins? Lost turbo early. <laughs> Fell apart. Didn't win a game after the controversy in round um, whatever it was, seven weeks ago. And uh, it wasn't pretty viewing after that. They're apparently a team torn. Apparently everyone wants that. Everyone, you know, who knows what's going on. So what do we make of this all? Well, they are currently... Going over to next year, taking into account this season, they are currently the worst form team in the NRL, and they ended the season. And for at least three weeks towards the end of the year, there, they were clearly the worst form team, playing worse than anyone else in the comp. I just, well, I had them fifth, so that's my my first big um, big howler. And uh, look, I was more un- under the impression because I don't like tipping with thinking certain players will get injured. And that obviously there was a, a high risk of Tom Travojevic getting injured. I tipped thinking he'd be there for the season. Uh, he wasn't, but I don't think that I I don't think him being there this year would have made them a, a top eight team. Especially if let's say he came back for the last few weeks or something. I think the damage had sort of been done. If he'd been but there just, all year, it's a different story. It, all the, all year, yes, yes but like sort of if he, if he came back, I don't think he sort of could have. Helped thing, helped things, especially in the second half of the year. I think Cherry Evans dropped down a peg, um, like at least comparative to last year as well. He still had a couple of good performances, especially that last game against the Bulldogs. I actually thought it was brilliant. Um, they still should have finished lost, in the top eight. I, I just and again the the Fords as well. We we sort of spoke about at least I did coming into this year. I had a a question mark over the consistency of the Fords because it was how they were in 2021, but Tom Travojevic was there to sort of cover for them when they could have really good dominant Ford pack performances, but then the very next week they could just drop drop off. And that's usually then when Tom Travojevic would come in. Well, I, I wouldn't even say it w- was inconsistent largely, especially towards the end of the year. I, I'd say it was quite ordinary and, and you, you obviously didn't have a Tom Travojevic there. Look, Raps to Ruben Garrick, who maybe you could say was the, the overperformer. I thought Easy he was good f- f- filling yeah. in at fullback, but he obviously doesn't provide that extra bit that Tom Travojevic does where he can make up for that for half the, well, most of the season. I remember 2021, it was like half the season, uh, old Saab couldn't hang on to the ball, and for the second half, he was a superstar. Well, he just couldn't really hold on to the ball this year, I don't think, unfortunately, old Saab. But... Um, yeah, I guess cool is sort of promising coming in, but what it doesn't really change anything 
at all for them. I thought Jake ended up having a good season. Uh, was not by no means their best. It's actually hard for me to think of who was Manly's outright best. I might have actually ended up being Garrick, to be honest, because... I think it probably clearly just, was Garrick, like, to be honest. Yeah, I'll, I'll say overperformer just because he had to play fullback and probably their best player as well. I think, look, this, there's actually real concerns with Manting because if, if they lose one of their three guns, if not multiple of them, when you really break this squad down, I'm just looking at stats now, but when you really break down their forward back and their back line, yeah, Cooler's fast, Tupolutu's okay, but he's no better than any other winger at any other club, and Saab's fast. What is that? Who is actually bringing any of this team? So, Andrew Davey, how many first-grade teams does he actually start in? Uh, Tapao would probably make a bench at every club these days. Maybe a front row spot somewhere. Bench, if you like. Simply, whatever. Paseca's a myth these days. Kepi's a reserve grader. Bullimore played himself down, in my opinion. And LOA's a bench Tigers player who's gone to the Manly team and been a, it's been okay. And then you look at the back line. See, so you're looking at who you left with. Schuster was going to cure cancer. Now he, Now he's... He likes his Big Macs and doesn't want to play first grade or whatever's going on. And Olakuatu was disinterested after the drama and was a shining light before it. So, yeah, you can give raps at him, but what he showed afterwards was pretty Last average. Last couple of games were okay. But realistically, what what player for player, if you take Cherry Evans and the two Trevojeviches and Garrick out of this team, are they any better than the Titans? I'd leave two of them in and take... Even just take yeah, two of those they're four They're probably out. right down yeah. there. Probably. You, how, would they compare against the Warriors, Titans or Tigers? In in terms of being bad, yeah. Personnel. They, 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 they like, what is actually, well, when you actually break it down, what is in this team for next year? And well, losing for them. There's, there's nothing in... Glocky Croker was probably their yeah. second best player. They've got some pace in the outside backs. Um, yeah, well, I remember when they, uh, I think it was, might have been 2019, I think 2020, when they re-signed Tom and Jake Travojevic on two big, long deals after they'd already done so with Cherry Evans. Yeah. You can't but this is reflective in, of that. Again, you can't invest got heavily four million in three bucks players. In three blokes. Exactly. Yeah. And then the rest yeah. of the team suffers as a result. Yeah. And as a result, mainly player like it, they make the finals, miss the finals, make the finals, because sometimes those three blokes can carry him to the finals. But then other, t- other years they can't. Yeah. It, 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 it was the issue I had with the Cowboys for a couple of years and why I thought they weren't really going anywhere because they had money invested in, you pretty much had Holmes, Taumalolo and, and Michael Morgan and obviously now Morgan's gone and they, they've brought through the young crop but I, I don't see a young crop of players really getting spruiked at Manly. But hmm. th- this is the issue. You, you, you actually can't... And people try to copyright the, the Melbourne Storm Big 3 model, right? Melbourne had their Big 3 but they weren't paying them... over an overly stupid amount of money and they actually had decent players that they put around them. Mm. It seems manly of just, all right, we've signed these three blokes. Well, the key to Melbourne was they got the best, they got the best out put. of your Sam Cassianos like yeah. or, or casts off. And this is just, yeah, they've, they're they, not. Manly are pretty much blown their what essentially in three players and reportedly the Travoyevich brothers aren't happy there. Anyway, so what's that going to do? He doesn't want to be there, which is Yeah, so, so, so the players that you did invest heavily in to sort of carry a team don't want to be there anymore. The rest of them have been average and not playing up to potential in, in some cases and others. They're just not good enough. <sighs> <Yeah. laughs> I can't add much more, to be honest. Four pack was really hot and cold. Um, Ola Kawatu was the one who was consistent for the majority of the season until the whole saga with the back end of the year where the whole team just dropped off the face of the earth. They realistically should have finished probably eighth or ninth, but um, just went out of their way to 
not be a part of the competition for the last six or seven weeks of the year. Um, they're outside backs. If you match them up against, as Daggy said, the majority of the competition, they're average or probably even weaker than a lot of the teams that are running around. Um, you had some some guys in Cooler that you mentioned who, who does look like he's, he definitely can play. He's got good footwork and pace. Uh, looked okay at fullback at times when Garrick was out as well. Um, Tui Pulutu, who looks like a decent winger, but decent wingers are a dime a dozen and you can find them, you know, <laughs> in reserve grade playing for most teams. Um, it definitely wasn't a standout. Their forward pack is their biggest issue. They got dominated for the majority of the year through the forwards. Um, if it wasn't for um, Tapao occasionally standing up, Aloye occasionally standing up and Jake just being what he is week in and week out, they would have got dominated in pretty much every game of the year. Um, they've got no creative spark in their team. Kieran Foran looked like a god at times mm. because he ran the ball and put people into, into holes. He was as good a player as they've mm. got. And we know, you know, we know him well. Cherry he's Evans good. kicks the ball and has got a decent long cutout pass, but other than that, he's not your creative half that's going to supply points consistently yeah. week in and week out. Uh, Walker looked like a really good Actually, impact gonna, player at different points. Point. He, he, you could, yeah, there's a strong argument to be made that he's the best 14 in the comp. Because he took on the line and played the so, ball at the line, which the him. rest of their creative players didn't want to do. Yeah. Schuster was god-awful for the majority of the year, considering how like he looked like an absolute prospect last year. Supposedly and he's the new 5'8". Like, yeah, honestly. and then he's going to take Kieran Foran's spot. If he plays like he did this year, they'll run last or close enough to. Um, and they're getting to a lungy next year, like, honestly. <laughs> they need yeah they need halves they need creative players they're back row they need back rowers that can add some creative spark they need a couple of front like Sipley on his day is good to powers going as far as I know he is yeah um, like they need another two big bodies in the middle of the field it, they're going to really struggle next like they're in a good. world of trouble next year uh, yeah I before we sort of spoke about them here, I, I wasn't really thinking of them as probably being that bad. But you know what? They're probably close to odds-on bottom four. I know that it's hard to say it's with Tom Trevojevic coming three back, blokes, yeah. but if and you know they're, they're not even but, even money to keep all three. Well, they need yeah. to go and if, get if DCE spits a dummy or vice versa, yeah. then Turbos go. They're they're fucked. They well, need that's to go and get Tamao yeah. and Clemmer and something, add yeah, something yeah, to Tamo, the middle of their fucking, you know, their front row because their front row was god awful this year. You'd have to good think shout. too. Just um, if Cherry Evans wants to spit the dummy and leave, the Dolphins would pick him straight Absolutely. up. Like he would be there. Actually, yeah. we'd have one point yeah. two you know tomorrow. What? That's just what if I'm thinking. Tig- talk to him. Fuck the Tigers are um going to throw one point yeah. four at Munster. Yeah, yeah. throw one point one at DC. If DC walks yeah. out, yeah, he's mm. a million bucks coming over. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And then problem solved. See, you go go off to Newcastle there, Brooksy. <laughs> there's four Newcastle uh, Dragons would take. Like, there's yeah. he's not going to be a vet. He could get he could get he a million did. bucks any he wants. But him and Hunter do a job. Put Hunter at six and yeah. Terry Evans at he seven. He could get a million bucks any he wants. DC. So if he's not happy, he the ball's in his court. I, I feel like that was why he's, he's from Brisbane. So. Dolphins are oh, it makes the, all the sense in the world. Yeah. I know I know what you're saying, but my point is everyone's throwing money at Munster. If, if DC can see a way out, and Manly will be happy to let him go. I'd be very interested people, to see clubs what clubs pay will pay a million. Full dollar, and, yeah. club, and Manly tomorrow could say, off you go then, Dally. 
If I had Manly finishing third, it's one of the biggest outliers in my tipping for the entire year. The other one was the Cowboys, which we'll get to in I two weeks. I should sack you, David. But <laughs> well, I had them running third. They ran third the year before with on the back of... One man. One guy. <laughs> and that one, one guy and wasn't there. I do, I give, and, you know, I, I do give Close DCA to two. Credit, he was yeah. fantastic. No, on his own, Trebojevic was probably worth two players last year. When he, when he oh, came back and how good he was... But he, he was that was better than Hano nine. But it just Easily. showed it just showed how they have an absolute gulf in creative players in that team. When Dylan Walker's looking like your best creative option in your team, there's issues. And you have the hope is old Kawatu line break or, or offload. <laughs> I was just yeah. thinking if D C does spit the dummy, Kieran Foran's already gone, Walker's already gone. Oh, they're fucked. <laughs> Schuster's gonna but have to play halfback. This is a new thing because it is the Travoyevich club. Tommy will play five club. eight. Yeah. Tommy may as well play halfback and have Garrick <laughs> play fullback. Yeah. We get to the Dragons at number ten. Who you'd argue are actually overperformers. Well, I tip them to overperform. run eleventh. So, oh, so. Uh, the Gump banged on and on about how they were slow and small, and he was right. <laughs> uh, and unfortunately, he broke his hand actually this they week. Um, so, best breaker. wishes to him. But uh, yeah, apparently, Ben Hunt is God, and that's what happened. So, well, realistically, I, I actually think the Dragons overperform this year. I think people want to bag hook and bag this and that. Well, the squad they've got, they overperformed. There's um, a couple of key factors in that. Obviously, Ben Hunt, who is now. From where he's come from in that, from the 2017, was it 2017 grand final? 2015. 2015 grand final. Together on big money and everyone laughed, but he is now a, an elite of the game. He's very, very good and I think every club would beg for him. Um, he's outstanding, he's tough, he's smart and everything else. Also, fun fact, had the most missed tackles in the whole comp. Absolutely. For, for a defensive, uh, I suppose a defensive half there. Well, then again, you but can only miss the tackles if you attempt you them. Make, so. That's right, but... Um, yeah. The team as a whole, I I think, is a, a bottom four or five team, and they overperformed. I don't I, I don't individually see actually individually I do see brilliance, so maybe I'm wrong. But the forward pack is is average at best. But they do have you've got your your Lomaxes there. Jack Bird was outstanding this year, more often than not. And um, Amo, uh, yeah, Ta, um, Junior Amone is going to be better for this for the run. Um, they never, they didn't back Sloan for better or worse. Obviously, they didn't back Dufty, so you know maybe he's a better judge than me. There is a lot of um, pot planage around that. Blake Laurie overperformed massively. Like, yeah. For a little front rower, he plugged away every week. His little engine at Cody was tremendous, Absolutely. and Sewer was fantastic. And I think, I think after that, what do we really have to talk about here? I don't know. Well, you got the Figo boys as well. One of them yeah. was injured for a big part of the year, but they've both got. Massive potential and upside. They're um, big, strong boys with good footwork and pace, which will cause some problems in the in the outside backs for some oppositions that they play against. But as you mentioned, like they were competitive for against m- the majority of teams, but they never really looked better than anybody else. Even when they did there were win, so many games they, they won that you just went the other team was better, which is kudos to it. Like there's yeah. an art to that. Yep, absolutely. And it was generally grinding wins that through field position and possession, which was all off the back of Ben Hunt. Yeah. It was all off his long kicking game, which a lot of teams don't have, which, you yeah, know, kudos to them for having one of their better long kicking games in the competition. And it, it won them a lot of games. It, it turns teams around. It makes them do the, the hard work out of their back end. And it just drains teams of energy. And if you can get on the back of that, 
And then, um, like, Amone had some terrific touches of the football during the year, but he also had some horrific touches of the football as well. But when he was on, he was very good. Um, you mentioned everyone that I wanted to mention, <laughs> apart from the fee guys. I thought Maguire was a uh, underperformer this year. Um, he's been an underperformer for a, a good part of his career, but um, he does seem to lose his head, get sent off. McCulloch was the big one for me. They're crying out for a creative dummy half, and they don't have one. And you know uh, they've done? Well, they've little. gone to size. Jake Simpkin. No, little. <laughs> no, little. Jake little. One, sorry. At least he's, he's got a little bit of creativity. A little bit. Compared of, to McCulloch, he's well, a fucking well, god. What I've heard but, is apparently they're waiting to try and get Reese Robson back for 2024. Yeah, but little, so like, when, when, when little, probably. When your hope of the side is a bloke that can't make the team that won the wooden spoon. Uh, yeah, but I, I I feel like they see it as like something while they wait to try and get Reese Robson. At for least 24. he's going to get out and run the ball. Like, like, I don't he does think run the ball. Anything McCulloch tackle. doesn't run the ball. No. He doesn't. McCulloch's create a relic, actually. Anything. Like, he's a fantastic defensive hooker, and you know that's good enough for plugging holes in an aging forward pack. But they need to get some some youth, some speed and size into that forward pack. And then you won't need a uh, the hooker that makes 50 tackles. You can have a hooker that might miss a couple here and there, but puts people onto good ball on the front foot and creates opportunities to score points. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, as Barney did as well, I had the Dragons 11th. I wouldn't say it was overperforming. I'd say they're probably about... They're obviously about where Barney and I had them, but I just look... Their team's still better than the Warriors, better than the Knights, better than the Tigers, better than the Titans. I Comfortably. Think probably. But, but only close, by three blokes. Close. I don't it's think it's probably close, by four but blokes. Which four blokes is all you need? I, I would even say they're probably, in terms of which players and which positions have been good, I'd say they're probably at least on par with the Bulldogs, if not a little bit better okay, than yeah. them as well. So All these teams are crying out for a strike. Santa, yeah. yes, they've got Zach Lomax. All these teams yeah. are crying out for a strike back rower. Yeah, they've got Jack Bird. And all these teams have half back, back like, and they've got Ben Hart. So, that, so that's where I sort of... Three on yeah. these teams. And, and it's just, I know, I know in recent weeks we've sort of spoken about how in terms of the daily... They need a prop. In they, terms they, of, well, other than Blake Laurie, yeah. To, to, to your point earlier about Tamo, both Manly and St. George could have probably got him for 300 and yeah, and he would have done the job. See as Siwa? Anyone? Yeah, I was going. Well, yeah. I was saving that for later. Seriously, I was saving that for later. How he doesn't get a spot in this well, Dragons team or Manly I was saving team? Saving that for later. Oh, the fucking Tigers! Me. Oh my god, it was up Magar Road if I could. <laughs> well, he's on CSC, wa? Lost my train of thought. No, with the Dragons, though, with Ben Hunt, I know we've said in, in recent weeks that in terms of the Daly M count, they probably will overrate him a bit. But still, I think for at least half of the year, he was carrying this team. Week after week, whether they'd win Absolutely or lose, he was he was their best player, right? They did, did drop off a little bit towards the end of the year, and he he I think win. deservedly so. Some nice I just don't think chips, he should some win. Some nice runs of the balls, yeah, a hundred percent. He, yeah, yeah he, he well and truly carried this team at points, and and, and forty tw- like yeah. forty twenties at well, times. I, he, he I guarantee you, he's the best at forty twenties. He was fucking brilliant at him, and twenty forties, and. Yeah. And I've said it before, and I still sort of stick to it. They're two to five at the Dragons are probably one of the best in the comp in terms of those edges there. Um, but obviously you talk about getting service to them and the players around it probably. But they were, if you want to talk about an area on the field, I know it's two sort of areas at the side, that in attack at least their edges were probably their best. A lot of it does come down to 
your Lomaxes, I think it was obviously Rubber. the standout out yeah. of that. Ravalara as well, the Fay guys. When they yeah, were playing too. Yeah. Before Ravalawa, I was hoping he'd be a new Sevo. He was in and out a he lot. He got injured and shit. Yeah, yeah. But, but I still think, again, you plug those players into a different team. Like I said, Melbourne before, you swap the the, the two to five. Sully. And it's completely was, different. Um, yeah, Moses Sully was fantastic. He was great. So I think that's their shining light. I think keeping that, they've got Hunt next year. Look, they've re-signed... Um, uh, Amon, I think it is, and it's Sullivan that Sloan might be looking out, for a, denied, a way out. Yeah. Go I've seen people arguing that, oh, the, the Dragons should let Ben Hunt go so that they can invest in the youth with Sullivan. Let him go to the Titans, hopefully. But, like, I, I feel like the, the, the Dragons are still at the point where they need Ben Hunt and this talk sort of That's where it's silly. And if, if he they, performs if they next year, go, they've got to re-sign yes, him. Go. You don't let a player go who eight teams would sign in a heartbeat. Yeah. They'll go from 10th to 15th if they let yeah, Ben Hunt. Yeah, exactly. So that's why, and I think next year He's as well. He's attached at the hip to hook, so yeah, as, seems as, to be. As it. long as he has a, a similar performance to this year, they've got to re-sign him. And uh, I don't think it matters whether he's ageing and there's young players there or anything, the way he's playing. So he, he as an individual, is a big positive. Um, the, the best player for them still this year by a country mile. I'd say you could say the overperformer was Blake Laurie, I think, and probably their best area were those edges. A couple of big, big yardage men in the middle of the field and um, an attacking hooker, and they're they're going to be a threat in finals footy. Um, Tarek, what do we make of Tarek? Uh, Average season. He's going down to Melbourne now. He's gone, so he'll have one. He might have one big year. He might have no big year, and they might suck next year, Melbourne. Yeah. Uh, they didn't use him as a ball. They, this is the one thing that I have on Hook is he doesn't – he didn't let his back row – like Jack Bird, Jack DeBellin, Tarek Sims, all have offloads, all can ball play. None. Of, they didn't do it yeah. for the entire season until the I last like probably four very, or five years. It's a very much ball position. It's a, now, if we pin him there, we're Straight right. through it's, the middle. Yeah. We've got to play to position A, position B. Yeah. Whereas you saw in the last four to five weeks of the year, Jack Bird started ball playing. He started kicking before the line. He started to draw and pass and offload after the line. Yeah. And he was the, close to their best player for the last four or five weeks of the year. Yeah. He just To me, he seems to stifle the creativity in majority of teams and like coaches. A, yeah, I agree with that. And I think plays, apart from Ben Hunt, players that play under him seem to think the same thing. Uh, oh, and, but and he's a very much an inner sanctum man from all understanding that he'll, he'll sit down with Ben and... Because you can't tell me Jack DeBellin and Tarek Sims couldn't have provided a lot of offloads for oh. second phase opportunities during Sewer. the year. And they didn't do it. Sewer. Yeah, Jaden yeah, Sewer. And offload. Jaden Sewer through... Have a look here. As Nick Kershaw plays in the background. Have a look at Dylan. Uh, Jaden Sewer, 15 offloads uh, across the whole season. He's an offload machine. Have a look at Jack DeBellin. When he was in the New South Wales, up up and coming through, he was throwing offloads left, right and centre. He was ball playing before the line. He he was just a um, barge merchant when he was playing. And and he got stuck at prop a lot, which is their issue. Or they played him at 13 as a third prop. Yeah, uh, exactly right. I guess they're going to be who they're going to be. The Broncos, to wrap up the bottom eight, the the, the riddle trapped in a conundrum, tapped in a not quite good enough team to make the top eight. 13 wins, got beat by the Tigers, didn't win a game after, literally did not win a game after I declared they would win the comp in, I think, round <laughs> Ooh, 19 or so. 19, they were fourth after 19, go. yeah. So you can thank me. 
Uh, <laughs> didn't you do? Wasn't it in 2020 when they won the first two games? Then they went into lockdown. And you said they were going to win the comp, yep. and then yes. they, they won <laughs> one more game for the rest of the year. Yes. And they won the wooden spoon. Broncos so, fans um, next year are just going to be fingers no crossed that you don't. No <laughs> predictions about these fellas anymore. <laughs> Look, what do what do well, I had them running ninth? Go they ahead. ran ninth. They should have played finals. They were as good, if not better, than seventy percent of the co- of the teams in the competition for seventy percent. Of the competition. Okay, let just um, okay off there. <laughs> for seventy percent of this competition, or for, for for the first twenty rounds, who was a better team, Brisbane or South? Brisbane. Brisbane. So is the art in peaking, or is the art absolutely in lucky, there's an art or is in the art in? I don't know. Just all have a look at the last five or six on. years where teams like um, well, Melbourne. Robbo was the, Trent Robinson Roosters, is the masters of it. But yeah. Like that, those two, just have a look at those two where they would peak and round 20 everyone's going to go, they're going to win the comp, they're not going to get beaten and then I'll lose two of their next four games coming Ooh. into the finals because they've been absolutely flogged at training or whatever it may be in the background. And he's used to and, be a Bennett thing too. And then they'd ease them up You'd lose a week or two before the finals. Yeah. The last week coming into the finals, they win by 50. Then they win their first finals fucking with three players off the field. They, they win 11 against 13. And they just, you know, they, there's a massive art in making sure your team's prepared for the... Have a look at the Sharks this year. Like if you put the Sharks team out there from six weeks ago... In this final against South this week, they would have beaten South. Yeah. But then you put in what the fucking team that was <laughs> that was there on the day, and they got trounced. It, they should have got beaten by more. If it's you put the round massive. the round nineteen Broncos up against Penrith this week, they're much. I, I personally think they're a much better chance. People than would South be throwing Sydney money at the Broncos, yeah. especially because for three dollars. Again, as I mm. said in in the previous show, Nathan Cleary. If he goes, there's no one else who can match his kicking. Well, Brisbane didn't certainly have someone who can match his kicking. He did it in the grand final last year. So, And you've got a forward pack there yeah. in Carrigan and Haas that like, could probably match it with Penrith's forward pack. We, we, Maybe yeah. not for an entire game, but there's going to be points that, where yeah. they can. And that like, disappoints me about Brisbane season. And you bring up Brisbane being better than South for most of the year. And, you know, there's just been a thing for me, at least personally, about South being there. And it's like I don't want to fully invest in them because they just haven't been as good as – a team that missed the the eight this year in, in Brisbane, but, but if they peaked this week. Like now, I I, I, I put yeah. forward the um, Kevy ran him into the ground. He I had put forward the pronostication the that Kevy needed to get his job, needed yeah. to keep his job, and had him ready to had him throttling you around one. Need to win as many games as you possibly keep can, his job. so I can keep my job. Uh, yeah. And and my prognostication involved tying the Cowboys into it. Maybe Todd Payton's. Maybe Todd Payton's the greatest coach you've ever seen. Who knows? Maybe he's a very smart man. Maybe he just looked at it differently. But I had both of them on the same level, uh, obviously because one was going to run last. Um, they both had to justify the job because there was chat about Payton being the first coach sacked as well. Toddy um, somehow managed to master the art and Kev got it and peaked. Oh, it would have to be the, what was the game before the Tigers. They, the, when the, the game they beat, Para. Yeah. When they just blew them off the park, and I just went, "This is the best football team yeah. in the comp." Uh, here it is, like they'll well, doesn't matter. They've got everything. And then Tigers beat them next week, and um, and then the gas tank is just completely empty. I know they lost Carrigan, they lost, um, you know, Haas has got these issues, and Reynolds hasn't been fit. But they, um, I, I, I think. Just saying, what am I trying to say here? Well, I think I'm trying to say I that. What uh, you're trying to say, if the Cowboys beat Penrith in the grand final, 
Penrith did it to themselves when they should have gone to the Cowboys as hard as they possibly could in round 25 when they were on the teetering of mm. whether we're running out of gas or not and absolutely thrown everything at them and bashed everything out of them coming into the finals. And then they have to back up, and back up, back up. Whereas the Cowboys get to play against a reserve grade team, get to play a training run, go in against the Sharks, play a game of touch footy, yeah. and then get a week off coming into a bashed up Parramatta. Yeah. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah. Um, but a, I, I'd like to think, but then you hear all the shit. It always comes out of Brisbane. You hear all the shit. It doesn't always. It, the last five years it has of Iken and Walters against each other and da 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 blah, blah, blah. For um, me, it seems Walters, Walters is pretty heavy on his young blokes. Yeah. And they don't, they, right, they, they so, don't take probably. it as much as, you know, back in the day, you could scream and yell at the young blokes and then next week you drop them, whatever. That, yeah. If they want to come back into the team, someone goes, oh, 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 was that Whereas now it upsets half the team yeah. and the whole team gets but up. Isn't, and isn't this exactly about a, it. what we're talking about but with the team that ran last? Isn't this why Michael Maguire got sacked? And he'll probably win a World Cup. It's like, it's like, <laughs> oh, the Tigers, when he does, the Tigers should put a picture on the wall in the centre of excellence. <laughs> our, our, for, our former <laughs> head coach. We're not going to talk yeah. about how we sacked him. And just have a photo of yeah. Benji underneath. <laughs> anyway, it, it surprised me how much the Broncos dropped off. But realistically, the Carrigan suspension it Huss, killed him. Hass was carrying massive um, shoulder issues through the back end of the year, and that's where they were killing teams. They were killing teams through the middle of the field. That one-two punch, Carrigan Hass, Carrigan Hass, Hooker gets out, gets. Gives um, Reynolds plenty of time and space to do whatever the hell he wants off the back of that. And then they can kick someone into a corner if there's not an opportunity to score. Katoni Staggs is probably the biggest underperformer of the entire season. For a bloke who was going to be the next New South Wales centre for the next 10 years and was going to is one of the best attacking centres going around in the competition. You know, could use it. It's sweet fuck all. I, I said it. The Tigers, he needs to get out of there now. He needs a fresh start. But somewhere like the, somewhere like the Bulldogs. He had one game against Talakai when he aimed up and he put it to himself as, I'm going to better this bloke. And he did. And he did it fucking very well. Not seen again off Nobbies after that. I, I think he needs to get, whatever it is, he needs to get out of there and he'll, and restart, get ridiculous money and start again somewhere else. You've got plenty of young kids coming through. You've got Cobo coming through who looks like a superstar. You've got Ezra Mam coming through who, to me, looks like he's going to be a first grade 5'8 for the rest of his career and will only ever be dropped due to injuries. Um, Kate Will was a bit of a disappointment for me. Only the first half of the year, he was fantastic. But towards the back end of the year after Origin, he dropped away massively, I thought. Um, they, they Again, depth in the in the forward pack. Every team in this top, in this bottom eight, just had issues with their... Like, we thought Pia Cora was going to be fantastic coming off the bench for him. There was another one there. Jordan that, Ricky um, led the actual tackle count for the Brisbane. Yeah, there was another one that was coming off the bench for Brisbane that I thought was going to be fantastic this year. And they just ended up being yeah. bench players and did not come on to where oh, they... Jensen. Next had that year, big game. No, Jensen was pretty good. There was uh, another one, uh, another Islander fella that, was, yeah, that was in and out and didn't, you know. I expect him to actually be a... Um, I expected Pia Cora to be a starting player Pia by Cora. the end of the Is year. Is it Rabadi? Yeah, TC Rabadi. Yeah. I yeah, thought yeah. both of those would be challenging for back row spots at the back end of the year, and they both ended up being bench players that one game they were good, the next game they weren't. Um, they need an attacking utility. Um, Walters definitely is not it. Uh, Maybe Jock's it. And realistically, like, realistically, what is 
What is Reese Walsh adding here? I don't know. Confusion? Confusion. Yeah. Because like, yeah. now you're going to outsource this to you, who's someone will snaffle in a heartbeat. Dragons or... Go back and have a look when Tessie New got dropped. I'm pretty sure it was that round 19 mm. and he wasn't seen again. You can't tell me the and then they put, the Titans wouldn't ta- then they take put, Tessie New in a heartbeat. But well, then, they took a psycho, so I'm not... I'm, yeah, but they not, dropped I'm, Tessie I'm New and then they dirty. put Martin back into fullback and they didn't win a game afterwards. Yeah. And Tessie New was killing it. I have no idea how he got yeah. dropped in the first place out of the fullback spot. And then you got Cobby, who's probably an even better proposition And they've just re-signed the line, as well. Yeah. And then you bring in Walsh. And you sent and Timari, Timari Martin away. So, Warriors, yeah. Well, Cobo. That's baffling. Cop, so if, Cop. I, I'm sorry, but Reese, we haven't really talked about individuals. We have a bit, but not a bit. We didn't really talk about Reese Walsh. Well, I don't and think he was he's horrible. He's now going. He's fine. Yeah, but he's, he he's got bashed out a lot of games, which we thought would happen he to Jaden Campbell. He got bashed out, out a lot of games. He bashed out of games here. I, I don't see it as an improvement to a Tessie New who's big and strong nope. and or can Cobo. suit a big bashing team like Brisbane. Well, oh, yeah. Cobo. I, I, th- I think yeah. Cobo's just re-signed for a couple of years too, and you have to think, because he re-signed before they signed Walsh, he had to have re-signed under the guys that he was going to play fullback because there were the talks that, that there was about, uh, there was at one point I think it was reported that there were nine NRL teams who would have officially said they would be interested in signing Cobo when he's coming off contract. So I think Brisbane then turned around and went, oh shit, promised him the fullback role, and then a few weeks later... Reese Walsh becomes available and they sign him. It, it to me that signing seems to me like it's like you're playing a video, a sports video game. You're playing on easy mode and you, you've got the budget to unlimited and you're like, oh, we'll just sign a third fullback just because we can. No, yeah. to but me it like, seems like they're going to push Corey Oates out of the team. Then you're going to have well, Tessie just New and Cobo him as well, on both wings. Well, you may even pay Tessie New at a centre inside of Oates. You have Oates, Tessie New, Cobo in the outside backs, and then you're going to have Walsh at fullback. Yeah, I wouldn't Brinko's be surprised after six. I wouldn't Brinko's be surprised going, yeah. after about six weeks that Walsh gets the punt and one of the other two get moved back to it's fullback. Just, but or we hear talks that money. a, a like, Cobo yeah. or a Tessie News unsettled at the club because they thought they'd be playing fullback. And, and one of them will go after. It always happens after six uh, weeks. They'll the, go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Tessie News probably a better centre realistically. He's yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't have him at that line. He's just that little bit. And front line defence is half a concern as a centre, but. He's been, I'd have he's less. I'd have less um, concerns. And obviously, back over or, or, you, or you or you get rid of Katoni. Would you or have you let Katoni go and let him? Would you have Tessie New in the centres or Cobo or Walsh in the centres in defence? Oh, Tessie. Yeah. yeah. So there it is. That, 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 yeah, exposes their edges. Look, um, Pat Carrigan's a superstar of the game, an absolute fucking freak of the game. Absolutely. And. Should be um, lauded as such. I'm going to say he's the overperformer. Can we make him next year? I don't I'll know. chuck Mam in there and Corey Oates. I thought Corey Oates was uh, absolutely overperformed this year, considering where they thought he was going to be, and they didn't even have him in the team start of the year. Well, so. I, I think I brought it up on the podcast in the in the preseason or something when he actually himself came out and said. If I don't essentially resurrect my career here, I'm going to retire at the end of the year. And I remember at the time thinking, "Oh, I didn't really you, see like 27." It, yeah. yeah, but but that's the thing. If if he comes out and like publicizes that, I thought, "Oh, does that put extra pressure on him or something?" But he came out said, "I'm going to have to perform out of my skin, otherwise I'm going to retire at the end of the year." And he performed out of his skin, so I've got to give credit to him. And he he's probably someone who 
didn't drop off even when the Broncos did. He was he was still getting his tries and getting his meters. So, Thank you. Um, yeah, this is. Well, I right, can't see him sliding. They won't slide, but and I can't see him gaining okay. a huge amount either. But yeah, anything else on the Broncos? Ezra Mam's a big one for him, and the mm. amount of improvement that he can. If he improves on what he put up this year, they do become a a top eight team, and they probably are a threat at different times depending on how in they in structure a their to bereft of halves. Yeah. It's talent, I but think, they need yeah. they need to improve their bench. Um, whether it's the guys that are on the bench improving and becoming better players, or they're bringing in somebody else to improve the bench, but they they drop off dramatically once they start involving their reserve players off the bench. All right, so a couple of little uh, little poses for you before we finish up. So we we talked. We've been through all this. Um, let's take off. Obviously, say let's take out the stupid statement like, "Oh, like, go sign Munster, or go sign Haas, or go sign someone." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who is who is a who are a couple of players that perhaps one of these clubs should target and get more out of? Um, maybe from each other, or maybe from maybe from the top eight. Are we confined by contracts here, or you both? both you, a little bit. Both you blokes know enough who's not so happy and happy. So edge players that edge play like don't not quite happy, fit happy, into a whatever. System. So uh, you know, for example, well, let's start with a couple. How no one signed Takiyaho is okay. completely mind blowing. Completely mind blowing. He's going to the UK and he could make a difference at any one of these clubs. Which is literally any one of them would have made a difference. Uh, and and go from there, Ollie. I'll just try to think of the rest of it. Well, you guys already brought it up, but James Tymo would at least fit in at most of these clubs. Martin DePau also, it's confirmed that he's leaving Manly. He hasn't got a contract elsewhere. A Dragons could use him. If the Dragons could pick up both of those two players, to Tamau uh, actually, and, and I think they, I think they can. As starting props... That'll go a long way to fixing part of their problem. You know, that's, blows, and that's I, realistic I as well. I, think I, I they, hope Shane has a master plan, but it's actually mind-blowing how they haven't just offered Tamo one year. Because I think he's fantastic this year. Really, really good. Takeo was... Hard, yeah. Takeo's in the top five props in the game. I'll fight people over that. At um, his best, but yeah. then, uh, But then that's when you start looking at... The, the blokes are sort of prickly. So, Fort Awaker, not quite a headliner... And not quite even a headliner at Titans right now, but could go so. He, he should be a top five prop and can make a difference at teams. He's a ball player. He had something like. Sutton it, and it, Elliot it, are good pickups, I think, coming yeah, out of the Canberra yeah. system into Newcastle and the Bulldogs. Um, Look, back rowers and, and players along those lines. Uh, with the Titans, I think you talk about like a good pickup that I think they've already made. If Verrills can stay fit, I yeah, think fantastic. A, again, it might be Great similar pickup. similar to Coruscant, how I think he he'll at least be good and they'll head in the right direction and won't change everything. But I I'm very happy with the signing of Verrills, hundred percent. When you actually look at all like if someone wants if a you sixty say, minute you... back rower, um target Teague Wilton out of Sharks. He's not getting a lot of time mm. there at the moment. He'd be a de- he'd be and a Bo Firma type of player. I, I'm think they may have re-signed him, but 
that's that's the type of you know someone that's going to give you fifty to sixty minutes of consistent good football. That's what the, a lot of these teams are crying out for at the, at the bottom end of this age. And the thing I, is, too, that's why yeah. I, I I think Nia Corey is a fan. Like for Warriors, great buy, it's, and they probably got him for three hundred. What a buy! Oh, yeah. you you would take him at the Sharks in a heartbeat. Right? What a buy! He can play four positions. He can play anywhere in the fall back and play centre. The thing is, too, I think signing a forward for a lower table team's a lot less of a risk and they're, they're more able to emulate what they did at their previous club um, just because they're sort of in the middle there. that They're naturally going to be more involved than if you sign. Um, hypothetically, let's just say Brian Toto signs with the Titans tomorrow. You've got to have the halves there to get the ball out to them as well. So there's other contributing factors where I think if you get a forward, especially a prop it's a lot easier to actually emulate. So so with these teams, and they ha- have had problems with the forwards, you're probably more looking at getting a, a, a big body in Another the Another bloke out of the, the Canberra system, Corey Horsburgh. Yeah. Hmm. Promise him a starting spot. Bring him to one of these clubs in the lower table. He, he's already proven that yeah, he yeah, can be a starting love him. prop. Like a, a, like a Bennett or a Bellamy would love him. Just come here. You'd just say, you've stopped being a fuck with, you dipshit, and you'll be the you'll player but for he, Australia. He has done that for Canberra. Over yeah. the back end of this year, He is he's cut a lot of the shit out of his game. He's been doing his 40, 50 tackles, heaps of hit-ups. Like... Emre Gula, another one in the camera yeah. setup that yeah. doesn't get enough time that he should be getting. Like, yeah, there's so many bench players. If you look at that top eight, which we'll be going through over the next couple of weeks, the butchers and look at the going for, like, you look at the bench money players, yet. and you can get them as starting uh, we, we, players in some actually, of these well, I teams believe in the lower eight today. Angus Crichton still not has not signed a contract. No, yeah, he should be an eight hundred thousand dollar player. Well, uh, another one who has been coming. Yeah, off but the- both butchers go and get. Go and get one of them. Yeah, well, another player who has been coming off the bench pretty much all year, and I believe has, I believe he, he's accepted he, he's uh, what's it called triggered his player option for next year. But I believe he has another one for twenty four. Ryan Madison, yeah, option in his favour could leap, probably unlikely at this current point. Seems he's happy but, at Barra, but yeah. Griffin Neem out yeah. of the Cowboys. Yeah. Um, Ruben Cotter is a starting front rower somewhere. It, it, if you can throw him a couple, like another hundred on top of what he's getting, and tell him he's starting. Okay, let's. Uh, I don't have an answer. What about a half? Yeah, sneaky that's half. Good no. fucking question. No. This, <laughs> is why, this is why I think the two Brody I the two best signings for next year are going to be Appy and Verrills. I think they're going to make such a difference because Clean they're service, in a key position. Tackles start your spine right. Yeah. I'm not. And I'm not saying either team's going to. No, well, do well, it, but they. they Sullivan would have been a really good pickup from one of the lower teams. Yeah. He's now gone to the the Dolphins and um, um, and and Marshall King, great great signing there. So, hook you know you throw your spines in there. It's um, I think I think Appy's going to be you're going to be a long way to go find a better signing next well, year. Well, it's just looking at the Dolphins, like you mentioned, Marshall King and, and Sullivan. It, it looks like the Dolphins have to an extent sort of gone and sign these types of players that we're talking about who probably aren't getting enough minutes and would be getting so like minutes elsewhere. And they, they've sort of, I guess, prevented them because usually those types of players would probably go to find minutes at the other lower table teams, which, let's be honest, the, the Dolphins are going to be in amongst them next year. So, so, so to give themselves a bit of an advantage, they've just gone and got a bunch of them that would be going to these teams. So it turns out Wayne Bennett's smart. Yeah. Who knew after 73 years? But, um, 73 years of coaching, eh? They, what they've done, though, is he, he, his, statement, his mission statement was we, we want to sign blokes to build a club around. Yeah. So he got the Bromwiches, as he got the, or one of them. Kafusi. Both of them. Both, no, both, both of them, Kafusi. 
And yes, Tom aging, but what you do is you go, right, you're going to get here for two years and we're going to throw a bunch of 18-year-olds year around here and they go, oh, my God, it's it's playing with play the Oh, mm. fuck. Sullivan and they Hill play kick, you around the f- yeah. kick you around the field. Um, and Jeremy Marshall King, King. Uh, great signing, astute signing. And um, and some big, you know, some, not tremendous backs, some big backs. Jermaine Asako playing fullback still at the moment, I believe. Yeah, there, there, is, uh, there is issues. <laughs> but there if you're going to sign issues. from scratch... And you're not going to be able to just go They've and still sign. Still got 12 months to fill the rest of their roster, which you know, you, you, and, and there will be there'll be a DC. They'll get a marquee. They'll, they, get, they'll get a star signing. They'll, they'll be twenty four hundred percent. Brave loves yeah. it. He's, they're going to sign Munster for one point four because Tiger's counterbidding, so that he loves it. He, he's going to get you know one hundred and forty off that. So he it, it'll all be fine. <laughs> Barrels is a good pickup yeah. considering Cheese has gone to the Roosters. Titans have done well there to pick up a hooker. Sonny Luke, I don't know what his option is with the Panthers, but he'd probably be someone. I know he's 26 or something, but. Isn't he, he sort looks of going to start next year? Isn't that the, yeah, no, the well, idea? Him or Mitch Kenny will. Quite possibly, so. yeah. But you could you know, look at one or the other. We can do a whole show on the Panthers next year. That's an interesting. We'll, we'll save that because Panthers next year is an interesting case. And there's a few of these top four teams are interesting cases. And, and you know, because we've done four before. We've got time to spend on that because Taruva's interesting. Uh, the hook is interesting. And losing players is interesting. Next year, the, the biggest thing... Do you think they're going to lose two, uh, Toto or Crichton? One, one of them's going. They, and they'll keep one. And Kikau's I was, gone. Uh, it's, um, it's fun because next year, and the final word for this for me is... Next year is so interesting because I think there's eight teams you could make an argument for. Well, I'll finish by saying next year is going to be so much better than this year. And this year was better I'm, than last year. I'm just going to say it. I, I think there will be a top two and a bottom five, and the rest of it will just be fucking make of it as you will. Who's your top two then? It'll be Penrith, and I think the Roosters will improve. You still think Penrith will be losing Kikau, losing potentially? Pe- Penrith is still easily going to be losing top four. Appy's a loss, man. We'll save this for we'll save this ball prediction because <laughs> yeah. we can go for another hour if we don't. All right, Barney, would you like to go for another hour? No, no. Yeah. Barney needs go. sleep. His eyelids are <laughs> yellow anyway because his back teeth are floating and his eyelids are starting to flutter. So I'm gonna let him go. Thanks for listening. It's been two hours. I think it's been a fun two it's hours. Been about four um, hours. It's a four hour job between the two. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks, coming down, Oliver. Yeah, thanks for having me. Enjoy the footy this weekend, guys. We will catch up. Uh, we're going to catch up early next week to do the review show hopefully Monday night and then we will find somewhere in between to do everything else so, sounds good check out rugbyleaguemerch.com for all the good stuff subscribe to all our socials leave us some feedback and for anything else um, drop us a line through Facebook direct catch you soon guys <laughs>